This podcast was recorded live on September 16th at 10.30 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samori, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. If you're watching this on Facebook, please make sure you like, share, and follow us at SJH Podcast Family. If you're watching us on YouTube, remember that you can see this and other videos at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please tap the subscribe button and hit the bell to make sure you are alerted when new videos are available. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SJH Man Cave and email us at info at SJHmancave.com. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. So to start off with, fellas, how are you all doing? Oh, man, I, I know I'm doing all right. Look, man, I've been cooking my ass off lately. And 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 by lately, I mean the last two days. I cooked the delectable salmon, you know, perfectly seasoned. And this evening, I had some turkey burgers. I put those together, boy, and they were delightful. You know, again, perfectly seasoned on untoasted wheat bread. But anyway, man, I smashed those. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, you know, the thing about like salmon, right, is that I always underestimate it. Like, like I get some salmon and I always think, you know, it's, it's like it's six ounces. And I always act like, hey, it's just like, it's like not enough. I'm like, I got to get two pieces of this. Like, I can't just have this piece because I'm looking at it. It's small. It's tiny. And then, but it's packed up like like salmon is like solid. So I started eating it, and I, I get full, and I'm looking like, man, I got a whole nother piece of salmon sitting right there, you know. And and you can't just reheat salmon in the microwave, you know. You want to reheat fish in the microwave. It's like at the office. You don't want to do that. So, you know, I got this salmon. I got. I also did three eggs with it. And the eggs got cheese in them. I just start eating. Now I'm looking at this whole big piece of salmon that's left over. I'm like, what do I do? You know, what do you do? And, uh, you know, I had a decision to make. Do I see my wife want some? Uh, nah. I mean, my kids, my kids, you want to try some? You want to try some something? Nah, I ain't doing that. Um, yeah, I can't throw it away. You know, reheat it. No, nah, that ain't happening. So, so man, I had to take it down. And, man, I tell you, a food coma, if there ever was one. I'm sitting there. I got to watch over two kids. <laughs> after I didn't just ate 12 ounces of salmon, 12 total ounces of salmon. And, man, it was solid. Yeah, that wasn't wise. Uh, man, it was so, so good, though. It was so, so good. Like, I, man, I used the sea salt. And, and the pepper, you know, and I had olive oil in the pan with it. Man, I'll tell you, man, delightful. You know, um, you all would have wanted a piece. I wouldn't have offered it. Y'all would have wanted a piece. And I'm telling you, man, it, it was, it was, you know, I you don't have salmon like anyway. I, I'm gonna, I'm done talking about the salmon. It was good. It was tasty. Just, just I, I'm basking in it. Like I've been cooking and I'm basking in it. I'm loving it, right? You know, if you go, if you go, Jason, what's wrong down there? You all right? 
I'm just trying to figure you 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 keep saying like you wish we could have had some, but it don't sound like <laughs> like, you literally just your kids couldn't have none, your wife couldn't have none. Where was we gonna get it? Well <laughs> you kinda got that feeling too, uh. No, not the wife. No, not the kids. No, man, I wish y'all could have had some, but it, it don't sound like we would have. That that's that's what a wish is. You know, a wish is, you know, you wish you could have had some. Wow. But it, it just don't happen. Like it's it's just that far away from you. Like a like a shooting star. You can't reach them stars. But you know, like I said, I, I wish you could have had something like that, you know. Uh just not mine. Wow, that's it. What? We're, we're unreachable <laughs> stars, there, Seymour. How about that? There's nothing that I hate more than being in a food coma, coma and really wanting to just relax and go to sleep when I have to watch kids. Yeah. Like, that is that is so, so irritating because, of course, it's not like they have any mercy or they're like, oh, dad really wants to chill out right now. So we're going to relax and take it easy and not go crazy. No. No, no, they're going to do the exact same thing. In fact, if they see you lounging around, it kind of makes them more angry. <laughs> they're like, you, no, get up. Because y'all working with y'all first kid and whatnot. Well, you get the second one. You, you go to sleep. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> Is that how it works? I do. If I'm in the food coma, Jack, I'm on the couch. If they make a loud enough noise, that means something wrong. Y'all got them first kids, so y'all got them first concerns and whatnot. I'm, Look here, I'm, man. I My I oldest can't do one. that with Simone. She, eat, she picks everything up. My oldest one, she up there running around dancing, just having a dance party up there. My youngest one is launching balls. You know, I'm telling you, she a quarterback. I told y'all that last week. She just launched. And that, that's been, I see now the error in my ways. That's been a mistake because she is starting to launch other stuff too. Like, and she's using both hands now. She's ambidextrous with throwing it. So she's throwing stuff out of both <laughs> hands at the same time. And she checking it. I mean, she really checking it. Uh, so, so you know, I'm telling you, I got the first female NFL quarterback. Give give it a give it a twenty years. She gonna be right there. I'm telling you. What about you, Jason? I heard uh, you're going through some e-learning trials and tribulations recently. Jesus Christ! I ain't never been so tired <laughs> in my life. I really, and you know what? I, I realized why I didn't choose certain professions. And I really, I just want to say this to anybody who's listening, who talks shit about teachers. Y'all got a lot of goddamn nerve. Because just sitting here with my first grader at this table at 9 o'clock in the morning, I I ain't never wanted to hurt my own son so much. I want to toss him <laughs> off this window. Like, I just, I, I know my kid, he can't sit still, but I didn't know it was that bad. Like, is this what he did in kindergarten? Like, I want to go and get, like, a gift basket and give it to his kindergarten teacher and just say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, 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 I don't know what I could have done to make this easier on you. I, I just don't know. But like, like, it's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. And I will say this about my son. I'm proud of him after the fact that wasn't that he's taking it upon himself to learn and do some different things on the on the iPad and on the computer and everything. Like he's a quick learner. Like I can set him up in the mornings and he can kind of guide himself through. It's just that he loses focus so easy. Once, 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 I don't know what it is about his butt and sitting in the chair, Jack, but as soon as he get that first pain, I and if I'm not sitting on top of him, so I try to treat it like, you know what I'm saying, like he in school, so I don't want to sit over him the whole time. 
So I kind of back off and I let him handle his own business for a little bit until I hear that he needs some help or something. But the whole time I go off to the side and I'm sitting, I'm looking at shit. All you see is him twisting, turning, and the, he doing everything but listening to what this teacher said. And I'm literally listening to the girl where she like, okay, take out these pieces of paper, take out these crayons, take this. And all he doing is twisting. And I, and I straight up asked him, what are you supposed to be doing? And he's like, huh? Killing me. For the last, and and just getting up in the mornings, I'm I'm not used to it. I work nights, so Mm -hmm. just the added, the added effort in this. Like, luckily, like it's pretty much every morning because plus my wife is working from home. You know what I'm saying? She's sitting on the opposite side of the table that he's working on. So it's like, okay, I got to listen to her work, and then I got to listen to him try and work. It's 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 been a task, and I just want to say to every teacher listening, God bless you. God bless you for what you've gone through throughout your life and your choice in employment. And this was the career that you chose. You chose to educate these little... I'm not going to talk bad about the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you chose to choose... You chose, you, you chose to teach first graders. Six-year-olds. Like, I think about it, like, being around six-year-olds, like, I, I love my son, but, like, sometimes I just got to tell him to go away. Go, go away from me. Cause I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're trying to show me. Stop asking me so many questions and stop making. I don't want to play Minecraft. Leave me alone. I just got off work. I want to lay down. <laughs> I can't send them outside because apparently it's the Corona out there, and I, I don't want to get the Corona. That was the whole reason I didn't want to go to school. So I can't kick my kids out the way I, I was kicked out when I was younger, especially when I got a wife and whatnot who watch all who who watch and, and receives constant emails about pedophiles in the area. Uh, uh, she's on this LaGrange, your mother's website, where they all talk about, uh, I was outside and I saw this van go by and I immediately got scared. Like, they literally like, call the police. They think pedophiles is everywhere out here, dude. And I can't let my kids go outside unless I go with them. So my only option is sleeping in the grass. And I can't do it. It's, it's totally uncomfortable. Too many sticks. Wow. Too many cicadas out here. I just saw praying mantis the other day. It's, it's blowing my mind. I'm so tired. I'm tired. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. Ankle weights. <laughs> Ankle weights and wrist weights. That's all you got to do. Ankle weights and wrist weights. Get some that's small enough for your son. You know, and you wrap those around <laughs> the, the wrist and ankles. What? And you got to tire them out. So he moving around, right? You put them weights on them. <laughs> and just put them on there wow. and just have them sit down. <laughs> we got to have a talk, dog. This has become a weekly thing at this point. This is concerning me now. And then you want to come over there and check on the welfare of them girls. Like, in the face with balls. She training to defend herself against you or possibly take you out one day. You cool with it because you're making champions. You don't care about love. Or nothing <laughs> Now you telling me now you telling me that I need to put weight on my son so I can keep him still. Which I'm I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of champion reference into this. Because in the midst of him doing all this move and he's just gonna become so strong and and then it's he just is. resentment. I, I don't want my son to resent me. I don't that, want it. Well, no, what you don't want is your son to resent you and be strong as hell. That's probably what you what you truly worried about. <laughs> 
Christian parents tend to, you know, as long as our kids turn out good, I'm cool with them resenting me if they turn out good. You know what I mean? You just don't want to be buff as hell <laughs> resenting you. <laughs> I have to tell you, they don't turn out well if they hate you. It's not just because they're making money and having a career does not mean that they're okay. They're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Damage. First off, first off, you said I'm building champions. That's what I'm talking about. You know, this this making a little money career. You know, she gonna be building the careers. Both of them gonna be building people's careers. All right, they champions. That's what I'm talking about. They gonna be buying us multiple houses. Okay, and they gonna remember that they daddy believed in them. Okay, they daddy made sure. Not one house. They gonna buy you multiple. Multiple. Houses. <laughs> Multiple, because I need my summer home, and I, I, you know, I need to get away sometime, and I need my summer home. They gonna understand that, okay? But if they hate you, <laughs> if, they, if they hate you, just internally, like if there's just this subconscious of hate for you, what? Where's the purchasing of these homes coming from? I'm just I'm trying to figure out. You got to understand it's a mind thing. Even though they're going to kind of hate me a little bit for what I do, they're going to respect it. And they're going to be like, yeah, you know, if it, they they going to be, it's be one of them moments where it's like, you know, even though I don't like you, you know, I know that you pushed me to be the best that I could be. And I'm a champion because of you. And here's a home. <laughs> 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 Brother, I can't wait to see how that works out. 20, 30 years from now, Lord willing, I'm still going to be around and I'm going to get to see how this all plays out. Because I don't think that's how it works, bro. I really don't. I really don't. At all. <laughs> at all. Hey, like a lot of theory at this point. I got to say, I'm loving the comment wow. from Rich. He said my summer home's going to be in Cleveland. But you know what? It's still gonna, <laughs> it's still gonna be a summer home, though. <laughs> so I'm cool. Yo, yo, that sounds about right. Well, uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, we haven't had to do any uh, e-learning over here. Simone's not old enough, but she's still going through the training. Um, regarding the fact that she still doesn't use full sentences right now. It's really words and her just repeating the words that other people say. So usually you would take her directly to a therapist, but because of COVID and everything, we're doing it through Zoom meetings. So we have these Zoom meetings where where my mother-in-law is holding up this tablet and there's this therapist on the tablet like, okay, Simone, pull out some Play-Doh. And okay, Simone, let's clean everything up. Simone is not having it. <laughs> if you're not physically present to demand her attention and show some authority, she don't really care what you have to say. <laughs> so what constantly happens is, you know, I'll be up at the front trying to get my work done, but I'll hear this therapist say the same thing to Simone four or five times. And my mother-in-law, she's not good at it either because she just shrieks at her. And Simone's not good with the shrieking either. You know, <laughs> she's got to feel like there's, there's controlled force if you're going to make her do something. So sooner or later, I get tired of the same thing happening over and over again. And I come to the front, and I'm like, what is it you want Simone to do? You want to pull out the Play-Doh? Simone, pick that up. 
Pull out the play doh. <laughs> play with it. Apparently, apparently, it's so annoying, bro. It's so annoying. Like Samantha, <laughs> bro, it, it, it's wild. Samantha, when she oh. takes her up to the um to the little therapist office, it works fine because the lady's right there. Right there. So she's like, okay, Simone, we're going to go play. And Simone be like, yay! And go play with the toys and do whatever she's told. It's fine. But if you're on a TV screen, Simone, she's just not having it. She's just not having it. And I know with e-learning, it would be exactly the same way. So... Well, would be which, funny to see her out there like she see the therapist on the, on the pad or whatever and she just steady trying to change the channel like, I don't want to watch this shit. What is <laughs> if my, my mother-in-law wasn't holding it, that would be absolutely her. <laughs> absolutely. What is this? I, oh, damn, damn. Stop, the talking to me. Stop talking to me. Well, I'm done with Play-Doh now. My name and shit. I don't want to do with this. It's crazy. I mean, it makes sense because, you know, my 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 youngest one, she watches all these shows on, on PBS and they always telling you to do stuff and she don't do it. I mean, she she look at him. She don't do none of it, and she walk away. I mean, that's just how it mm-hmm. works. Exactly. I have never seen a kid do that either. I remember all them door the explorers that my daughter used to watch and stuff, and they'd be like, "Point out the where's the map." She just sitting there, <laughs> like like she just waiting for them to figure it out. Like, how you don't see the map on your back, dude? I I'm mm-hmm. not going to help you with this. This doesn't make sense. Come on now, <laughs> it's clearly so, in your back. So speaking of, you know, doing things in person, Simone's two right now should be three next month. And thank the Lord, we, my, my wife and I, we've been very blessed to have two sets of grandparents that have no problems watching her uh, every day, taking care of her and assisting and making sure that she gets the care that she needs while Samantha and I are at work. So my mother-in-law has had her Monday and Tuesday while my parents have been taking care of her Wednesday and Thursday. Next month, that all comes to an end, and we're going to be taking Simone into uh, uh, the daycare system. So it'll be the first time where people who are complete strangers will now be responsible for watching over our daughter, making sure she's you know, getting the proper nutrition and all that kind of good stuff. And I, I gotta admit, I, I'm I'm not looking forward to this, and I know I'm supposed to be the dad, so I'm supposed to be the one that's like, I go, I can't wait to get rid of you. But I, I really don't feel that way, you know. I see so many stories now of kids being mistreated and kids being put into the care of someone who really shouldn't be <laughs> responsible for kids, and the idea that Simone needed me and I wasn't there. Fills me with so much fear, <laughs> so much fear. Like I'm better than I was. I think we talked about this a little bit, maybe three, four weeks ago in an episode. I'm better now than I was then. Uh, we we found a daycare that we actually feel really good about. We had just come over there to do a tour of the facility and talk with the owners real quick, and we actually ended up just sitting and talking with them for about 30, 45 minutes just about life in general and what's been going on and all that kind of stuff. Really, really good people. Very impressed with the facility. 
Um, they, you know, they, and there are several aspects of it that make me more comfortable. One, they prefer older people working at the facility. Mm-hmm. They don't have any, you know, like teenagers, young folks. They're like, no, we want people a little who, bit more patient. for real, for real. Yeah. Exactly. And we want people who for real, for real know how to work with kids, yeah. you know, not just like kids, <laughs> you know, but had some kids of their own, raised some kids of their own, understand what kids are like. And so I really... Uh, appreciated that the idea that it's going to be some seasoned people that are going to be sitting with Simone day in day out and it's a wonderful facility with cameras everywhere you know the only thing that I don't like is in my mind when we finally put Simone into a daycare it was always going to be a facility where I could log into the cameras that's what I really wanted Mm. you know you hear yeah there's some of those places where they got the cameras watching and like hey anytime you want to know how your kid is doing you can just log into this portal and click that camera and you'll be able to see right there you know so if it popped into my mind like "Mm, I wonder what's going on with my baby right now I want to be able to log into the camera and see they don't have that option so don't look at me like that Jay. I ain't never heard of that that option at all yeah, <laughs> that that leaves <laughs> me open to other motherfuckers looking at my kid too. <laughs> no, nah, I like that shit. Uh, I I hadn't even thought about that. I, but I thought that would I thought that would I be something. To be tight. Isn't that something for babies though? Because a lot of daycares had the babies set up in their in their little specific crib mm-hmm. and maybe a camera over that. But is that for the kids that have a general play area? I don't know. I don't know, but it was always in my mind. So maybe I'm wrong for even thinking that. But I always felt like, hey, once we put it in there, if I need to know what's going on with her, I'll be able to do so at the click of a button. That sounds like something more. That sounds like something more at home than than like when people have their nannies and they put them nanny cams in their house. No, 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 no. Up to your phone. I I had never heard that in daycares. No, no, no. Facilities. I know I, that I'm much I know for a fact. No, oh, they, they, they care for facilities. The kids, the kids <laughs> walking mean, around with body cams. Walking around with police body cams. They got a camera <laughs> while they're running. That ain't dangerous. They got a camera right in their face while they're running along playing, just bumping into stuff. Uh, <laughs> one of them little joints that hang over the head with that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was going to make me feel better, but, you know, it's no longer possible. I'm, I've let that go. I've let that go because I know that, you know, change is inevitable, especially when it comes to your kid. She ain't always going to be my little baby. She's going to continue to grow up, develop, move out and is, gain more independence. And I might as well embrace it now. Is the place so, close to home? Decently. It's like 15, 15 minutes. Okay. I yeah. tell you right now, boy, your hardest part is gonna be the first day you drop off, player. You better, you better prepare it. to become the biggest punk pussy you've ever been in your whole life. <laughs> I, just want, I just want you to know that shit right now. As tough as you think you might be, that moment <laughs> that you look back at you like, where you going? It's, <laughs> it's gonna be over for you, son. You gonna do everything you can to get back in that building. They gonna close that door on you. You ain't gonna right. be able to get in. It ain't nothing you gonna be able to do about it. I mean, it was hard when that used to happen, just dropping her off at my at my parents' house, mm-hmm. you know, because at first, of course, she wasn't used to, you know, she knew them, but she wasn't used to having to be over there all day. So the first couple of times I dropped her off over there, she used to look back at me and scream and cry. And it was such a look of betrayal, bro. <laughs> but and that's with my parents. When, when I have to go through that same thing, dropping her off with strangers, 
bruh. Yeah. I'm not I'm not looking forward you to turn it around all. like daddy? Daddy come and you're like, oh baby, you got the it's over for you, son. I'll tell you that right now. First first time I had to take Jamie back when I took her to play school. Actually, I thought I was the toughest dude in the world. My wife and whatnot cried about it, but I had to be the one to drop her off. I'm like, she's gonna be fine. It's gonna be cool. We're gonna walk in. I got in, like, you know, they let you sit there for a minute. And the first thing your kid do since they don't know nobody and whatnot is they walk up to some corner by themselves. And that's where they be. Mm-hmm. And that's the image you got in your head and whatnot after you leave. Damn, my kid is sitting over here. She gonna be totally antisocial. She ain't nobody yeah. gonna like her. She ain't gonna like nobody. And it's just what yeah. it's gonna be. And then they yeah. turn around and they watch you leave and they give you that look. Like a deer in the headlights and shit. Like, oh like, Lord. You really man. gonna leave me here? Man. <laughs> and then all you doing yeah. is walking, trying to look through windows, trying to see them. And they look <laughs> trying to see you. And this boy, I sat out front of that play school the whole time. It was two or three hours. It was like, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> my baby might need me. I might have to bust through one of these windows to get in there or something. Bruh. Uh, Rich in the chat said the worst day is actually day three when she bolts in to play with her friends. Exactly. <laughs> I was just about to say that too. The, the bad part is when she can't wait to get away from you. She's <laughs> trying to sign her in, Daddy. I'm gone. Wait, wait, what? Right. She ain't trying to give you no hug, no kiss, none of that. She mm-hmm. see her boys, she see her, her friends. They playing with the right toys and everything. It's a rap mm-hmm. as like, damn, she don't even care about me no more. It's a boom. <laughs> Right, daddy's lame now. I wanna, I wanna be with my friends. I understand completely. I understand completely. Oh man! Well, you All gotta right, look brothers. out Let's for what you gotta look out for is is make sure that you understand that you know certain like processes and procedures they got, especially when your kids are going to the bathroom. Right, make sure that you know. Like, like when, well, when kids get to a certain age, sometimes they got a policy of whether they help the kids or not, or things like that. It's, we found out so much different stuff from, from going from, I mean, we, we went through like three different daycares at one point, like, like so, uh, a couple years ago and trying to figure out what it is that they do and don't do as far and, and so many different daycares are so different that you, you really got to, you know, like uh, like one daycare, it was tough for, for they didn't really pay attention to what she was drinking all day. So, you know, she would come home. She came home like a couple of days, like mad thirsty. And I was sitting there like, man, she is going through cup after cup of water here. Like, what's going on? Are you drinking water at school? Is she like, no, uh, I asked for the water and I don't get the water, but I asked for it and they don't give me none. And I was sitting there like, that don't sound right. Now, how how you go look at a child and not are are you are you sure you're asking for water <laughs> and so so you I mean we talked to him and we're like can you make sure that she's on a schedule instead of giving her milk or something because she got plenty of milk here so it was no reason for her to get milk at school mm-hmm. so we started telling them hey no milk at, at lunch or whatever just give her water so I mean you just got to look out for little stuff like that and and kind of make sure because I, I say the first the hardest thing you're going to have is that first day when you realize that they just don't do things the way you do them and they don't give her that specific attention yeah. that you know she's going to get from you. And I mean, you know it in your mind now, but you're really going to know it when that what you think is a common sense thing happens 
and you're like, man, how could they miss that? Like, why would why would they? And we've had a few of those moments. Like, how how could they miss that? Like, why would this happen? And it just depends on the place. That to me is the toughest day you're gonna have right there. I kind of feel right. like with the whole drinking water situation, would kind of tie into the whole bathroom thing you're talking about too, right? Like, if they just steady giving kids water and whatnot, they probably run into the piss and whatnot all the time. And I'm not sure, like, how you what, what you chose to do when it came to bathroom wise with the kid. I know I, I, my my first thought about that is when he when Junior went into kindergarten and when Jada went into kindergarten was like, okay, well, they are gonna have these bathroom situations. I don't want nobody in there with my kid. You know what I mean? I I just yeah. don't. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'd rather just go in there take a piss in the shit and I just deal with it when you get home. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> she might have an itchy ass and whatnot all day, but you know, I just do what I can and whatnot to teach her what to do. But like you know, like that whole water situation, I would think like some of that stuff that they do, like even in them situations where it's different from what you would do, is they think about it in regards to what their rules and their regulations and stuff and how they dealing with with the kids and stuff kind of go with it too. So on some of that, I would think that you would have to kind of like get used to some of that stuff as well, just like the kid would have to. Well, so, uh, know, it, like, it, yeah. it depends on it depends on what you can deal with and, and what you can't like. I like I can't deal with my child like I, I like you say, yeah, I, I'd rather they not go into the bathroom with her. But me, I'm like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, you know, like, like at the time with her peeing, it was okay because she she could take care of that. She could do that herself. But when she had to go number two, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but for me personally, I don't want her, especially if she had to go early in the morning. She gonna sit there with <laughs> with an itchy ass for the rest of the day. No, nah, I don't want that. Oh, and, you know, and and I mean, and and as far as water, you know, for me, I don't care how many times she got to go to the bathroom. Is she thirsty? She better get some water. So, uh, so you know, it, it like depends on, it like depends on what's acceptable for you and what isn't. Right. So you just got to figure out. You got to, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just got to go through a cup. Be prepared. You might have to go through a few daycares, and you might be like, this one just ain't right for me. That's don't mean it's bad. Right. It's a bad daycare. It just they just do things differently than than that. That's just not comfortable with me. And we had to go through that process. So just be on the lookout for it. We'll do. We'll do. Huh. I'm and sure this will be a long, interesting process. Simone too, wasn't that like since she's actively and she's very communicative to you with you guys, like mm-hmm. you'll be able to kind of gauge off of some of the things that she said and. I don't, I don't know how she is or how she like. It's like some of the stuff just kind of seems kind of incoherent, but then all of a sudden it kind of makes sense a little bit later. Just just mm-hmm. keep an open mind into what it is that she's saying because I went through that with Junior and Jada just in regards to like when they come home and they start talking about stuff and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then something will click later on and whatnot that they say or something they'll see. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what she was talking about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So... Uh, once we start putting her in this daycare, I'm gonna be hanging on to every word she says, looking up for any hidden meanings. Right. And I wanna make sure I understand everything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. All right. 
let's uh, move on into our first topic then. And I felt like we should at least talk a little bit about these California wildfires, bro. So it's several different fires and they've started for a multitude of reasons. The wildfires have smothered Washington State, Oregon and California with some of the dirtiest air on the planet. Basically a cloud of smog. Um, the haze has reached as far as New York City. The El Dorado fire, which has become famous because it was started by a gender reveal party, has burned through about 18,000 acres of land thus far. The August complex fire, which I believe was started by a lightning strike, uh, has burned through 755,000 acres as of yesterday. And as of yesterday, it was only 30% contained. So there's not really an end in sight. They're not sure when they're going to be able to stop this situation. There's been, I think, over 20 deaths at this point, And obviously a massive amount of property damage. Uh, the, the governor has definitely said he attributes it to uh, issues regarding climate change. And that because of the climate change situation, the entire planet is going through. It's causing wildfires and similar incidents like this to be significantly more powerful than they usually would be. Brothers, have you been uh, keeping up with this at all? Do you have any thoughts? I mean, I have. Uh, I mean, I've been uh, you can't even like I can't even have the TV on without the news or some breaking news coming up without, you know, these fires coming up. I just I just saw that they had to evacuate a whole uh, a whole town in in Oregon again over these wildfire over these wildfires and that whole town went up you know so all those people are are out of a home businesses done for it's so yeah I don't think I don't think uh, you know this might be a bold statement but I don't think anybody uh, in the U S is alive without knowing somebody that lives in California. I mean, all three of us know somebody, at least one person that we all three know together that lives in California right now. And, and you know, I, I know I know multiple people in California. So so for me, you know, I hope everybody's safe out there. But, you know, it, it's kind of for people that, that, I mean, hey, what can you do about lightning strike? But, you know, the, these folk with the gender reveal parties, they just got to stop letting people use matches, combustible, anything out there. Don't even have a barbecue out in California. Be be done with it. Just, you know, I mean, it's it just too much <laughs> can go wrong, you seem like. with, But, I mean, seriously, you can't stop living life, I guess. But, you know, we the bigger problem, of course, is that climate climate. Uh, climate change and you know we could do something we could do things to drastically slow it down um i just don't know why people are not it, it's just like every day just science just eludes us we we just can't get with with science we can't wear masks we can't we can't <laughs> prevent climate change we we I, how long was it before evolution wasn't accepted <laughs> science it's like anything <laughs> Anything, mm -hmm. we just have to argue it. I don't get it, but I hope everybody in those areas are all right. I lived in Washington and Oregon, so so I hope everybody over there is all right. So far, it looks like everyone I know out there is safe, and I, I hope it stay that way. 
Republicans have pushed back on the theory that this is an issue with climate change and said that it's really more about poor land management, which I don't even know what that phrase means. What do you mean? <laughs> poor land management. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what that means, but but they they say that's the reason these wild uh, fires are spreading. Uh, Lori in the chat said that she drove back from Oregon and watched as it was literally raining ashes in front of her, which I frankly can't even imagine. And uh, Rich in the chat says he lost two classic recording studios and about three hundred and fifty thousand archive recordings that's crazy and there's so many people who you know their lives you know not even just moving out of their homes just <laughs> just real businesses and entities that they had set up that are now just gone because of these wildfires that just naturally occurred there was nothing that they could have done that would have prepared them for what's happening it's crazy jason do you have any thoughts the only time I've ever been to California was, uh, what was it? The Burbank. Uh, I had to go there a couple times when I was living out there in Vegas and, uh, I had to drive to our other warehouse in Burbank. I'm, I'm just confused. So, so these people, <laughs> it's a ground management. I'm, I'm trying to get my head around it. I really am. Like to me, like it seems like the reason for these fires is just dry air and just dry everything. Like there's no water, right? You right. know what I mean. And, and I find right. that weird because it's right next to a fucking ocean, and the whole damn state is on fire. So I, just, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't really have any thoughts on it. I, it's like, like anybody else says, like I hope people are getting safety. I hope folks are just dropping what they got, like you know. Leave them belongings, leave that other bullshit behind. Take your lives and get away from it as best as you can. Uh, I'm sitting here reading about one particular incident where they say two people died. It was a couple who died in California were ready to evacuate, but considered what well, reconsidered after erroneous information. So I guess they had been watching news outlets and other like news that that was saying that that was fire. The fire wasn't as bad as it was in their area. And like one dude literally got caught in his truck mm -hmm. and it, it was him and his wife. His wife was found apparently in some embankment because I guess he caught fire and she was trying to get away from it and just couldn't get to it. So, so even, even, even in this world of misinformation and fake news, whatever the fuck you want to call it, y'all can't even get these people the proper information so that they can save their own lives. That shit is bullshit. There's no way that they should have fucked around and reconsidered any fucking thing because somebody on the news said, Hey, y'all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's annoying that, we we did like news outlets. I even uh, news outlets are threatening people's lives at this point. So that shit's not that's not cool, man. Say y'all get y'all if y'all got to fire some smoke anywhere near you out there, get the fuck on. I, I'm assuming it would that most folks out in California got that fire insurance because this ain't the first time California been on fire. But I ain't never seen it on fire like this. Hopefully y'all got y'all insurance that covers whatever it is, whatever materials and whatever personal effects you got. Leave that shit and get the fuck on. 
go somewhere where it's wet. Mm-hmm. Go go sleep next to a lake or some shit. Because that's bullshit. You, well, you're not if, supposed to die because the news told you to sit still. Well, if you got like if you got your TV on and and like even even my phone to do it, you know, and, and and a lot of other and a lot of other pieces of technology will do this is that you will get the emergency broadcaster coming over your airways telling you what to do, and and the news at that point, and I question if it was an actual news. Uh, a program or whatever that they watched, or was it some some silly site that they saw on the internet that is giving their opinion <laughs> on what's going on? And that's another problem is that, it's like you said, theory. like you said, Jason, so much misinformation from people who aren't actually a real news sources. They're just giving their opinions. So you know, I don't know. Well, look I, at the story where they saying that like there was no news outlet that was con- they couldn't confirm it because hell, the people are dead, so you don't know who the hell they was listening to at this point. Yeah, so everybody's kind of like like trying to take themselves out of the equation. Like I I see CNN repeated into it, but I know CNN CNN think everything is fucking. I, I seriously doubt they would have got that shit from CNN because CNN fucking the whole world is on fucking fire according to CNN. So well, they ain't wrong, but <laughs> climate change everywhere. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but... I just I just I just pray to God and whatnot that people are able to just drop what you can, get the fuck on out of there, and pick up the pieces once they get that shit out. Man, it's not worth risking your life for things. And Get out of there with your lives. There's enough shit out here killing us right now. And don't let the fire be the next thing to do it to you. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I I 100% agree, brother. The water is depleted and GOP has blocked decent. I don't know what that mm -hmm. means. It's like like a major thing. It means GOP doesn't believe in climate change and they're not willing to do the things that would need to be done in order to make the necessary adjustments. Just refuse to water California? (laughs) That's the the problem? We don't believe in climate change. In fact, we next to the ocean, so we good. That's what they think? Maybe you should bring that fucking water over. (laughs) It's not free to do these things, brother. So the what GOP they, says if you spend money doing that, that's money taken away from another area. They yeah. Watching yeah. The fucking state burn either. They don't consider <laughs> that though. They don't consider <laughs> that. What, in, in exchange for putting a few dollars back in everyone's pockets, they risk everyone's safety. You know, it, it's what they did with right. this pandemic. They 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 put a little few dollars back in your pocket, and then they they just dismantled. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they did it was dismantling. The, the the pandemic response team along with a host of other things. That's why that's what the GOP does. That's what they do. That's what they're known for. Jeez, yeah. Cool, <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to cut your taxes if um, they're spending money doing those types of things. So that's the constant battle. The GOP says, ah, eh, the government doesn't need to do that, and we'll cut your taxes and give you you know, a little money back in your pocket to make you feel like we're really standing up for you and helping you when, in fact, we're basically letting go of certain areas that that we need to take care of in order to improve your lives. But 
you Where know, hopefully you with an extra fifty dollars, you you won't even think about that. Where the fuck do you go? The West Coast on fire, fucking hurricanes and shit shooting up through the fucking South, tearing up every damn thing. And the fucking Midwest ain't shit but tornadoes and bullshit. I, <laughs> I don't know what's happening on the East Coast. Is there hurricanes and that, shit like that too? That's why there's a national, you know, effort among some people to truly address climate change and try to reverse what we're experiencing right now. But it requires more of the country being on board and deciding that this is a problem. Some of these areas that are even experiencing issues because of climate change, they've just grown accustomed to the problems anyway, even areas that are more Republican. Like when you look at Florida, they get these, you know, hurricanes coming through and destroying everything. But these people expect to lose their homes. You know, everybody loses their homes there every five, six years. So when it happens, the idea isn't, well, the government needs to, you know, address climate change and lower our carbon emissions and all that. It's no, the government just needs to come in and replace my home. And then I'm going to go back and where I was living. And six years later, we'll do the whole ring or more again. So it's literally like <laughs> that tornado shit. Like when the motherfuckers in the Midwest, like they just go back and rebuild, just rebuild. Basically. Basically, that's the way it is for a lot of people. They don't see it as something that that because they see it as something just natural. You know, it it's a it's a battle about do you believe that human beings are actually doing something that is affecting the climate and warming the planet? Or do you feel like these things that we see happening are just natural occurrences and there's there's nothing we can really do to improve it or change it? I don't even, how do you even make that? My question, okay. How about the third option? Maybe it's a natural occurrence that Mother Nature wants to fucking kill us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe we do some, I, I find that shit funny, like how you make arguments over whether shit being natural occurrences or if we're causing it. Well, if it's mostly killing us, it kind of seems like it's a direct correlation, doesn't it? Like, like the science, <laughs> like, I don't need a beaker or a fucking stethoscope anything else to see that hey these fucking tornadoes keep coming <laughs> they seem to keep coming where we fucking live so I mean fuck maybe we doing something wrong at what point in time we start looking at our fucking selves and saying you know what maybe we the problem for some people that time never comes brother I'm gonna be here's honest the problem. Here's, here's the problem here's the problem people, oh people, people out west making decisions about what needs to happen in the Midwest when people out West don't get tornadoes. It's people in the East who's making decisions for, for people out West who ain't got to, who, who ain't got to, who deal with all the wildfires, but they don't deal with it out East. It's people, it's too many people with their hands when they have no specific knowledge of what's going on and they refuse to even acknowledge statistics. So, but, but I'm going to tell y'all, so y'all act like the GOP ain't got a plan, but they do. And Trump has, 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 uh, he's got the plan. And, and here it Didn't is. Didn't I say I was trying to go a whole episode without saying his name? He just, you just had to ruin here that. Is <laughs> is. The Space Force. Okay. The Space Force will find <laughs> us a habitable planet that we can all go to. Okay, the plan is there. You just believe in it. Yeah. Okay, that's what you got to do. <laughs> well, since Hudson has already brought up Trump, to go back to uh, land management, uh, it was Trump who said that. 
And he specifically said, you know, we need to do a better job of forest management and that countries like, what countries did he say? Finland? He, he said, uh, when you look at Austria and Finland, they don't have wildfires the way California does. <laughs> and, and so clearly they should... They, they should be used as the barometer for whether or not we're doing the right thing. So, so yeah. Well, yeah. motherfuckers and, always talk about America first. He always point out what other motherfuckers is doing. <laughs> That's what I find fucking yeah. No other than the fucking... And what's his fucking obsession with the Netherlands? Who's, ball, who's fucking his balls from there? I mean, honestly. Goddamn. <laughs> you sure don't talk said, about him where it counts. <laughs> He, he don't talk about the Netherlands and their crime. At all. You know, he, they ain't got guns. He, he don't talk about how, the, how they got better education systems out there, you know, but he want to talk about them wildfires. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I find fucked up. It's half right. these motherfuckers getting hit with these tornadoes and these fires and shit as the motherfuckers is voting for. That's what I find weird. The same motherfuckers that sit up there and tell you ain't no such thing as climate change, I'm going to go vote for him as soon as I put this fire out on top of my house. <laughs> might want to think about that shit for a second, fellas. Y'all might want to fuck around and think about that next time y'all out there trying to douse yourselves in fucking water and shit and the fucking planet is on fire and the fucking people and shit who's allowing it to happen are telling you that the shit don't exist. <laughs> fire is a natural occurrence. We burn all the time. Fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Y'all wonder why I don't fuck around and deal with politics. They fuck people. They need to be fucking shot in their fucking heads. They need to start bringing back fire squads or something. Jesus Christ. That shit don't make no fucking sense. No, you just get involved and you vote these people out, brother. There's a whole process for it's, this. It's too many people that like having their houses and shit burned down. It's too many of them. Yeah, but speaking, there's no process. Of, uh, there's no process for the firing squad that, that Jace is talking about, though. So... So, yeah, I mean, it's a process, but not for the firing squad. And we need that process. I, I agree. <laughs> Speaking of politicians that are out of control, uh, South Dakota Attorney General Jason Ravensborg. What a name. He reported to police that he, right. <laughs> he reported to police that he hit a deer this past Saturday. Police went out to check it. Turned out he killed somebody. Uh, the person's name is Joseph Bover. And Joseph's truck apparently broke down on the side of the highway. And he was walking back to his truck to try to get back in it and head home. And the attorney general ran him over and left him there. Now, you know, Jason Ravensborg claims that he thought he had hit a deer. He called 911 so they could get taken care of. But the family of the man who was killed says that they did not hear any sirens or any real commotion go on in the area where this man was killed. And of course, it's a small town. So they're like, we would hear it. We would know. We're all in the area. So they believe this is a cover up. 
They believe that the man essentially did not call 911, that he knew that he had actually struck a man and that he's basically working with the local state government to have this murder covered up. And they wanted to investigate it. Huh? Who calls and says they hit a deer? Well, you know, if you think you hit a deer and that it's laying out in the in the middle of the street, maybe you call in to get Ooh. it picked up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is I didn't drove from here to Appleton, Wisconsin. You know how many deer I've seen on the side of the fucking road? Ain't nobody calling <laughs> nobody for no damn deer. Don't nobody call <laughs> for the stunts and shit they hit out here. Them motherfuckers got to come discover it. They come scrape it the fuck up, and that's the end of the day. There's there's no call for that. There's nobody. Hey, uh, uh, animal body control. I need y'all to come clean up this deer I hit. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Rich in the chat says that that he has actually, and for me Ooh. personally, if right. I <laughs> if I hit a deer and that deer is laying out in the middle of the street. And I feel like somebody could drive up and potentially, you know, not realize there's a deer in the middle of the street and run over it or something like that. I would call 311 or something like that and say, hey, y'all need to come pick this up. I can understand if you hit the deer and it fucked your car and you had no choice but to stop. (laughs) You are required. As many of these dead motherfuckers that's laying out here on the ground, that shit is required. I, I, (laughs) I drive from here to Oak Brook. Twice, uh-huh. twice a week, I see yep. more animals on the ground that's been hit by shit. It don't make it's. It, you think you were driving through a forest preserve and shit out here? Man, <laughs> I, I passed three dead skunks and shit on my way to my house, and that's three blocks. Three blocks. You're, I, you're, ain't nobody calling nobody. Especially. Especially if it's like late at night, and I'm afraid that you know somebody might. Their, their tires might go over these antlers and they won't even realize that they're getting closer to deer until it's too late. I would call up and be like, yo, there's a dead deer out here. Y'all need to come pick him up so that you can prevent somebody from getting hurt. But here's my question about it. So this guy claims he hit a deer. Uh, turns out he hit a human being. Family has come out publicly, said that they believe it's a cover-up. According to the news article I read, this situation is being investigated by the Department of Public Safety. I'm like, if there's the possibility that it's a homicide, should the police be be investigating this? Why is the Department of Public Safety the ones that are in charge of this investigation? To me, that lends even more credibility to what the family says, that they're basically trying to sweep all this under the rug. Because if you think there's even a chance that it's a homicide, how many homicides does the Department of Public Safety actually investigate? Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is what they do all the time. But I'm thinking if you believe that this man purposefully, well, not necessarily purposefully hit him, but purposefully left him out there to die because he didn't want to have to take responsibility for hitting another human being, that's something the police have to investigate. They're the ones who need to question him. They're the ones who need to figure out if he's lying about killing somebody. Not the Department of Public Safety. But maybe I'm wrong. Hudson, <laughs> well, you got any thoughts? Look here, man. What You, you just know you're going to get away with this, huh? You just, I mean, you just went out there. And you just, <laughs> I mean, 
you done went you done went to this party or this or this little gathering at this little bar and grill or whatever you didn't have some drinks oh, right you didn't you didn't went and you didn't now he claimed he didn't have he drinks. had just come from a fundraiser he claimed he didn't have drinks mm -hmm. but he had drinks and and then he and then he goes <laughs> and he hits somebody and he comes up with this story that he that him and these officers looked out there and tried to see if they saw somebody and then he happened to go back to the scene the next morning or or whenever he did and then he magically found the body then right and, and come on man you you just you just plan on just getting away Who's with this, this one you just gonna just go and the whole town is gonna help you cover this one up is this how it's really gonna go is this what we're really gonna accept hey you know that that one receiver what not what was his name i think it was dante stallworth Remember when yeah. he hit the old dude? Mm -hmm. He hit him when the car killed him. He, shit, that boy got probation. Yeah. The family was enraged, too. Yeah. I remember that. They were enraged. <laughs> like in his 60s or something like that? Or he was like, had some yeah. kind of deficiency or something? Well, and he walked out into the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. So, like, he didn't go on through the actual crosswalk. And so I think the defense was able to use that to kind of get a lesser sentence. But what I think really pissed the family off, if I remember correctly, Stallworth got another like DUI later on. So the family was like, clearly this is not a person that you should have let off the hook. Clearly this is not a person <laughs> you should have been okay with. Yeah. So Rip, Rich in the uh, chat says it, it starts with public safety in North Dakota. That's their chain of command, which is crazy to me. <laughs> like, homicide investigations start with the Department of Public Safety. We'll, we'll see. But I, I think at this they, point, they deal with dirt. They, they got their procedures and stuff. So, yeah. That could be <laughs> uh, we're we're going to uh, have to continue watching this but i think it's become a public enough story that they're not going to be able to just sweep this under the rug they're going to have to give some real answers about what actually happened <laughs> why did this occur did he actually call 911 i think it's pretty much reached the point this family is going to get the answers that they want and they made it clear they're not backing down about this at all apparently this was someone who had at least two or three people that really loved him so we'll see how it all shakes out, man. Uh, next topic, Netflix. So <laughs> this this is interesting. I really wish I had been able to watch the special before today, but unfortunately I didn't can't, uh, get a chance. But Netflix's new special has caused more than 600,000 people to sign a petition for Netflix to be canceled. So it's a French film called Cuties. And it used a trailer that showed an 11-year-old girl in shorts doing sexually suggestive poses. Uh, many people have basically said it's akin to child porn and demanded the film be pulled from circulation. According to Variety magazine, Netflix's cancellation rate has increased eight times over during this past weekend, more than likely due to this controversy. So I haven't actually gotten to see the film, but Jason, you said you and your wife watched it. 
Yeah. Uh, my wife was upset. Uh, <laughs> like, like for real, for real, for real. Like my wife, like she can't, she was, she was so upset. She had like angry tears. See, wow. Okay. So, okay, so well, before you get into it, did you agree with her? I, yeah, I felt uh, I wasn't as angry, but okay. the, the movie itself I felt was wrong. Okay. So I, I mentioned it the other day to you guys because, you know, it, it was, I found it interesting that some people were judging the movie before actually watching it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I watched these couple of guys. I can't remember their names, but they come on Facebook and they were like, you know, they, they watched it and this was what they got from it. So I said, okay, well, I'm going I'm to set up and I'm going to watch it with my, I, I, I actually was watching it with Jada because I kind of wanted to gauge how she felt about it. But after about 40 minutes in, we had to send her to bed. She's like, no, no, you can't watch this. This this is not for you. Mm-hmm. So the the problem with I think with the movie for me and my well for for me and my wife, our biggest thing was was that uh we we understood that girls and society and the way they're perceived and the way they're treated nowadays. They, they they find avenues that aren't necessarily healthy in order to get their anger out or to deal with their situations that they're in. And each one of these little girls had their own situation. But unfortunately in this movie, they didn't explore any of it. And, and for the problem with that, even with that, they had no conflict resolution. There was, there was it, it literally just ended with the girl just kind of waking up and everything went back to normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it kind of reminds me a lot of these uh, Netflix movies. It's not a Netflix movie. It's just one of the ones that they imported into, you know, show. Right. But so it, Netflix didn't actually fund it. They're just showing it. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it, it was actually a foreign, it was a French foreign film that was at the Sundance film festival. And I guess it won an award or something like that, which, I find very weird because mm-hmm. just, 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 and just the way that most people were upset with the fact that the way that the movie was marketed, like just because of the visuals and everything that came with these small, because all these little girls ain't nothing but 11 years old in this movie. The, the way it was marketed, the visuals that, that they put out on a lot of posters and stuff like that. I, I, I see where folks could get upset about it. But mm-hmm. in it, I'm thinking that I'm going to find that they're, they're going to show or they're going to go into depth or some kind of artistic depth, I guess is what you would call it, in regards to why these girls act the way they do and the situations that cause them to act that way. Not to mention with the imagery and everything else that's involved with today's society that's fed to little girls. I figured with the, it, there was going to be some point in, in time in the movie that they would explore each one of these little girls' situations, which caused them to to search, seek out these unhealthy avenues. But they didn't do that. They didn't really explore the main character's issue. Like, you saw what it was because she was the only one that they really concentrated on when it came to her family aspect and her religious background. You, you knew what her anger was about. You didn't know anything about these other little girls. And then at the end of the movie, it, it literally, at one point, they were in the midst of doing all the stuff that everybody hated. 
And in this moment of clarity, apparently the little girl had, everything just went back to normal. She was a normal little girl again and everything was fine. She went home, she hugged her mama and it was cool. And we were left sitting here like, okay, well, how does this movie different from anything else that's out here that these little girls are seeing and the imagery and whatnot that they have no explanation for? Like we talk about that WAP video or whatnot. Like how do you sit down and explain that to your 11 year old daughter and, and, mm-hmm. what, and what this is? You know what I mean? Without without being completely honest with them about it. You know what I mean? And, and these are a lot of situations that a lot of parents are either oblivious to or not really in tune with their kids are. And for me, I was hoping that I would have had something to kind of refer to with this movie, but this was not that movie. It literally mm-hmm. just it, it literally just posted the problem and just ended it like nothing was wrong. Mm. So I think if people have watched that and they're angry about it, that's why. Because all they did was just add to even more imagery that basically if a little girl sat there and watched it by herself, I mean, what what, what are they getting from it? You know what I mean? What what, what What's the purpose of it? How How is this little girl supposed, with all the confusion and everything that a little girl goes through with their body changing, with their when their mentality changes, the biology involved in just becoming a woman, which most girls are happy. It's happening at the age of 11 now. You know what I mean? They, their bodies are starting to go through that moment where they're becoming women. And if you don't have anybody there to at least kind of guide you through it. And all you have is this imagery that they're putting out here on, 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 on TV and YouTube and, Everything, everything, everything right now, especially in America, everything is about sex. And there are always women on the forefront of that. So there are little girls out here that see that who try to emulate it, but don't even know why they're doing it. So you say if a little girl was sitting there watching it by herself, she wouldn't really get it. What about... But the filmmaker said it was even though the focus is an 11-year-old girl, it's really made for people who are 18 and older. So if someone older was looking at that film, do you feel like they walk away feeling like those images, feel like there was a real point or purpose and that the film was trying to... An 18 or 19-year-old. First of all, if if the movie is supposed to speak to 18 and 19-year-olds, why have an 11-year-old in the movie? That doesn't make any sense. There's no correlation between the two. There's an 18 and a 19 year old who's trying to deal with issues at the beginning of their womanhood or when they're starting to make those changes. By the time they're 18, 19 years old, they've been through just about the majority of them. Mm -hmm. So there's no there's no conflict other than looking back and saying, oh, well, you know, that's kind of how it was when I was little. But there was still no resolution to it. There was still no conflict resolution. There literally was nothing that said there was nothing in the movie that portrayed or said anything in regards to saying that, okay, this is why this girl needed this, this, this type of, of activity or this imagery is what did this for this girl. But what changed to make her go back to just wanting to be a normal little girl? It literally just, it was just a flash. It was literally some glitter fell out the sky and she woke up, ran home, hugged her mama, and everything was okay. She went outside jumping rope. 
but she was 10 minutes into a dance routine where she was popping pussy already. And somehow into that, at 10 minutes in, she just she just has this realization that she just needs to be a little girl again. And, and, there's, and there's nothing like that for a woman. There is no woman and whatnot that you could talk to right now who was going through those types of situations as a kid and she'll sit here and say, well, it was that moment where I just had the moment of clarity and everything was fine. <laughs> it's not how it works. That's not either how it works for men or boys. If we're going through puberty and shit, we're going through the most confusing time possible. We don't know what the hell is going on. We don't know why. Why is my dick hard and I'm sitting here learning math? You know what I mean? Our bodies and everything about us through that age, from 11 to almost 18, we're going through something that we just don't understand. And we're making so many mistakes. We have so many outside influences that that guide us either in the wrong direction or take us in the right direction. It's, it's a confusing time. And it's a time where you need to have some kind of information. You need to have some kind of conversation with people who are older than you who've gone through it. And in this movie, it never happens. They just basically so you believe, the confusion. So do you believe that people are right to call for Netflix cancellations based upon I think they movie? need to get the fucking movie off. Because <laughs> <laughs> even for me, I was literally, after I watched it, I'm sitting there trying to figure out, I was like, how the hell did this shit win an award with, with as much ass and shit popping from a bunch of 11-year-olds? Who sat through this movie long enough to fuck around and give it an award? It didn't win an award for directing, bro. <laughs> what was real tripped out to me and my wife was is that, honestly, just looking at the movie almost felt like an avenue for pedophiles, quite honestly. It kind of felt That's like what people are saying. It, it That's honestly, what people are saying. It honestly felt like a, a wonderful porno flick and whatnot for pedophiles. They literally had one in the movie. So it was it was it was it was confusing and I was I was waiting. I was waiting so long for there to be some kind of conflict resolution and it never came. It never came. It literally just turned out to be a movie where some confused little girl found ass popping to be her avenue away from the problems at home and then suddenly everything was okay. And that shit don't work. I don't even, even if this is an in-depth look at what girls go through in this type of atmosphere or in this type of reality that we in right now, you you only showed the horrible shit. You, you never showed any kind of resolution. You never know, showed any kind of avenue to get out of it. You never showed any communication for these little girls. You didn't do anything. You literally just showed the horrible shit. And then right. suddenly everything was okay. Right. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So I, I think that's the biggest that that was what fucked me up the most about is like I sat there and was waiting for the problem to be solved and it just never came. It it literally just turned out to be a movie and shit that just I, I was uncomfortable the majority of the time, but I hung in there just I'm waiting for it. It's coming and it never fucking came. Yeah, usually I try to see something for myself to to make my own judgment mm -hmm. about you know a particular product, especially when it comes to art. 
I think this is one of those rare times where I'm going to go ahead and say other people's opinions have convinced me this is something I really don't need to see. <laughs> I'm not I'm not canceling my Netflix subscription, but I'm convinced that this is not real art and it's something that shouldn't be supported. I, and I hope that Netflix takes it down sooner I think or later. It's just some French shit. I, maybe that's what they're doing over in Europe. I don't know. Maybe that shit needs to stay there. Netflix need to fuck yeah. around and start thinking about it. like maybe yeah it was popular there, but maybe that shit ain't meant for an American audience. You know that is pretty consistent when you have actors or directors here in the United States that get accused of pedophilia or sexual assault in some sort of way to the point that they feel like they can't get work here. They just move to Europe, and for whatever reason, when they go to Europe, everything's fine. Whoever that guy was that Brian Singer used to work with, who was you know they were they were uh, taking these underage boys. Mm. Brian Singer, for whatever reason, is still allowed to continue his career. But the other guy, he just went to Paris, and there's video footage of him walking around again with underage girls, like it's no big deal, no problem. And apparently, be, they don't care. It's weird. I, even at the end of the movie, my thought, my thought was, who the hell parent allowed their kid to be in this movie? Mm-hmm. Like these, these is eleven year old girls. They look younger than that. And just just off of what they did, I don't know if they read the script and like, oh, this is gonna be great for my kid. She's gonna get all kinds of jobs after this shit. I I don't know. That that shit was weird. Look, uh, well, it so, really was. And, and, and someone mentioned it in the chat, you know, that, that they tell stories like this. It, it was Jason, he actually mentioned it. But what we gotta remember about um, there, there's a lot of different type of storytelling out there. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of now I haven't seen the movie. I haven't seen it. But what I will tell you as far as storytelling goes, there's a there's a lot of different uh ways that you tell a story in a picture. And what we're used to in America, in America, what we're used to is a nice rounded ending. We're we're used to everything getting wrapped up and getting done for. We can't we can't live off of cliffhangers. You know, when that see when that season finale happens and there's a cliffhanger, we are waiting for episode one of the next season to come out in six months or in a year so we can see what happened and we are on the edge of our seats until it do, right? So we just, we can't stand it. You know, it's one of the reasons why they are waiting so hard for, for the Game of Thrones books, you know, because they just can't stand that there's something left over, you know. Um that's in America. That's how it is. But if you look at a, like, if you read a lot of books, there's a lot of books that leave you on a cliffhanger. A lot of books end in, in something that's going to make you try to think for yourself of what the ending could be or, or should be. It's just the way a lot of storytelling happens. Uh, in, in French film, there will be a lot of it. In a lot of different type of film, there's a lot of that. And sometimes, in this case, it looks like they didn't. And it, but in a lot of cases, they will alter the endings of films that they started in foreign places. They will alter those endings for U.S. consumption. So it would be a totally different ending here that's nice and wrapped up as opposed to what they would have somewhere out in Europe. Right. So so that's that's on the storytelling. End. That's sometimes what they do. And and, you know, when you look at some of these things like Sundance and things like that, they're heavy into making you think about what's going on, making you uh, come up with the, with the, 
with the words behind the words, whereas again, in America and in mainstream movie telling, it's they're trying to they're trying to tell you everything that's going on. So they don't want you thinking about what's happening. They're trying to tell you exactly what's happening because honestly, that's American consumption. We want it spoon fed to us, right? What I what I would say, and again, I didn't see the film, right? But what I would say is you know, it, it, if if there's a way to find something out of this, it's to, I mean, what do we talk to our daughters about? Because in America, we leave a lot of things unsaid, especially when it comes to sex, and especially, and especially when you talk about all the pedophiles and everything that is. And we got to remember, what's a pedophile here in America isn't necessarily considered a pedophile somewhere else. They have different laws in many different places on what pedophilia is. So you're right. They can go from here and go to somewhere in Europe and get exactly what they're looking for. And it's not against the law necessarily. Or it could be against the law, but they decided they are not going to enforce it. You know, like civil rights laws here in the U.S., you know, decided that they're just not going to enforce it. It's on the books, but they're just not going to enforce it. Right. So. It's a lot of different, you know, that's why I say a lot of times in, in, on Facebook, I've said it multiple times that there's a war in this world against women and children. There's a war against them and, and we're doing nothing to stop it. Right. Individually, we might be talking to our kids, but we're not, you know, in a lot of cases, we're not really laying it down. We're not really being honest with them and up front. And, and I think we need to do it a lot more in this country. And if that film does anything, it's a, I mean, obviously, that filmmaker might have wanted the outrage because, like I said, it, it's it's a lot more accepted than we're willing to admit. Pedophilia is a lot more accepted than we want to talk about and that we're comfortable with talking about. I mean, think of how long R. Kelly operated uh, the city of Chicago for all these years and what he was doing. And it was widely accepted. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I couldn't tell you how many girls I knew back from elementary school who were pregnant in seventh and eighth grade. And they weren't getting impregnated by eighth graders. They weren't getting impregnated by high schoolers. So, so this stuff happens and, and, and in our communities and in America, in the world, we let it happen. And we don't talk about it. We don't, not, not like we should, not like we should. And so if a movie like this comes out and people are outraged, Maybe it's time we should all stand together and actually figure out a way to do something about this. So I agree with what you're saying, but I feel like the problem is when you're tackling certain topics and it's a call to action where you're trying to get people to respond to it. If your art lacks clarity, I think um, in today's society, it weakens the message. Because, yes, there is a huge uproar about cuties, but it's not really about pedophilia. It's just about this movie. They're not saying take a stand against pedophilia in general. They're not saying improve and change how women and children are depicted in entertainment properties, period. They're just saying, hey, this particular movie, you need to take it down. There's a whole slew of other movies that are on Netflix where the way sexuality is dealt with and the way people are presented is questionable at best. And see, Samori, that's exactly my problem. That's exactly my problem. Take the movie down, but don't confront the issue. 
Don't confront the issue. We want that movie. Right. We want the issue out of our face. We just want it over here. Uh-huh. We don't want to deal with it. And, and I feel like, but that that's happening because of the lack of clarity in the art. If the art was more clear about no, where it stood, no, I feel like you get a the better, I feel like you give a better opportunity for people who agree with your perspective to join in you. Um, I feel like this is a repeat actually of what happened with the Joker. The, the director and writer of the Joker movie that recently came out made it pretty clear in his interviews and in his discussion about it that the movie of the Joker is about how the way society is decaying and how the way the, the systems that we have set up to support the, the poor, because they are not being supported, people are not being serviced the way they should be, and it's causing a lot of people to turn to violence and crime. And that we are all essentially a part of that system and that we're uh, assisting in, in pushing people in this way. And that we all have a role in creating a better society. But that's not at all what people decided to take and run away with the movie because the movie's not really clear about that. It just presents this guy and the situations he goes to and the end point. So they just said, you're irresponsible. You're going to create more white supremacist violence. You're just showing yet another white man again who believes that he can create uh, commit violent acts, and it's okay because of what he's been through. When your art isn't clear, you don't take a clear stance about what you're showing. You open yourself up for people to basically say your art is a problem, not the actual issue you're talking about is the problem. And so I feel like if that's your goal, it's a mistake. If your goal is just to make people upset and get people talking about your what you're doing, then that's fine. But if you're trying to actually create change, if you want to mobilize people to get them to fight about something, you have to provide clarity. You have to say, this is where I stand. You can't just present the situation and let people assume where you stand and think that's going to create positive change. Yeah, but that's when not, does that happen? But that's not art at that point. That's just telling people what they want to know. It's just I, Okay, so... Just, just, to, just to clarify a few things and what I did get from this movie, and this is just me as an adult and me trying to be open-minded. Like I say, I, I did the best I could to watch the whole movie and keep an open mind. And even though I didn't receive the conflict resolution I was looking for, at the same time, we, we're living in a society right now that there are kids out here who are basically raising themselves, right? We could agree on that. There are a lot of kids out here that are making just very bad decisions and are going through life with just the imagery that's being produced or at least the, the, the shit that, that people feel that they're going to make money off of. Hudson, I think, when he's saying that, that this art is meant to upset people, it somebody who doesn't have an open mind, somebody who watches that movie is going to automatically say, this is horseshit, this is bullshit, I don't think that's the upset that they're looking for. For me, it was upsetting for me because my first thought was, what if my daughter was going through this and I didn't know it? You know what I mean? They, what, what, if, what if one of my daughter's friends was going through something like this? And like these girls, women, these little girls, they, they're seeking out different avenues and different ways to either express themselves either to get anger out 
or just trying to get some form of frustration. And there's so much confusion in being a, a little person, being a young adult. Because once you go through a certain point, when that mother nature hit you, all that shit just starts crashing in on you. And there's nothing out here that explains or even tells you how to deal with it. And in this movie, you saw the core, you saw what it was. Like it was brought to flourishing. Like this is what a kid is going through. So if this doesn't upset you in a way, if it doesn't make you want to say, oh my God, it's just like everybody talked about with Chadwick Boseman. Like didn't nobody know what he was going through. Nobody knows what these people are going through, but yet they're judged. Yet they're they're talked about like they're dogs. They tell they're told they're not worth it. They told they're not worthwhile, and nobody knows what they're going through because either no one's talking to them or no one's trying to change the behavior. So I think a movie like this, it has its points, but I think it's only for, I think it's only for a, a person who has the ability to see past what's angering them other than the pictures, the visuals of it all, are you able to look in and see where the problem could be? Like this, 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 this girl was going through, through the things that she was going through because she, she comes from a Muslim family and her father took on a second husband and she saw how much it upset her mother that it basically, you know, second she just, wife. Yeah, you know, uh, second, second wife, wife. Sorry, second wife. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Uh, Go ahead. You know, and and in that situation, she saw how her mother was handling it, and she was confused on how she was supposed to handle it. So in that, people act out when you know. I know how I am when I'm confused. When I get confused, I get pissed off. I don't like to be fucking confused, and that's as an adult. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. when I was a kid and I was fucking confused. It, I did all, I made so many fucking bad decisions and went through so many bad things. But when you reach this age and you have people that talk about how things was when we was little and how I did things and how my mom and daddy did things, a lot of that shit was just a fucking crapshoot at the end of the fucking day. We all love to think that our parents were these wonderful people, but they made mistakes too. And in those and in those mistakes and inherent in those mistakes, we have them in us. So we're going to make the same ones. So if we're not capable of opening our minds to saying that these situations are things that are happening, they're happening right now. If we're not capable of at least accepting that and then having that conversation with these young people, then then what's the point? I, I get the artistry and I get what the dude was trying to, to trying to portray. It was, it was just hard to watch and something like what was tripped out is, is there are people who are going through that. And I'm pretty sure the majority of the people that, that are going through it are ignored by people who they don't want to be ignored by the people that they need to have that love and care that need to be feeding them this information are the ones who are ignoring it and probably protesting this film. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. And and yeah, I'm not saying I I get it. It's hard to watch. I get it. And like I say, I haven't seen the movie and I get it's hard to watch. But we you know, when we talk about the, the people who are going to going to just ignore the message 
or the possible message. Again, I'm not in the director's or the writer's head, so I don't know exactly what they wanted. But what they wanted to portray almost doesn't matter. Everyone's going to get what they get out of the film. What they're going to get. You know, and with the Joker movie, people were going to get what they were going to get and they were going to move on from it. And some people were going to get that aspect and say they were they were disturbed by it so much that they want to do something. And not because any director or any writer uh, was saying this needs to be a call to action. They presented information. They presented information and you decide what you want to do with it. But the thing is, is that and, and we we're so used to this digital age that we think this information is just out there. So, you know, but let me be frank, 90 percent of the information I get is liberal. And that's because I got mostly liberal friends, you know, and, and so I'm going to see mostly liberal stuff, you know, and I, and I found out very recently that there's a whole other side of the world. So when you when you ask me how did so and so that whose name you don't want to mention tonight how did so and so get elected now I'm starting to see it because I'm starting to see the other side of a whole side of information that four years ago I was not getting and some of these folk when you talk about yeah. pedophilia they think it happens to certain people they think it happens to to low income people. They think it happens to people in foreign countries. Well, they feel like they, people bring it on themselves. And they like think that, people man. bring it on themselves. And they don't understand. They don't even think that it could be happening to their daughter, their young one, in their home right under their nose. And that could be the very person who looks at that and goes, I need to have a conversation with my kid right now. And, and you know, for those that it hits, I think that's great. But like Jason said, the ones who are who are the, a lot of ones who are heavy on boycotting this are, are going to be the very ones who are not going to have that conversation. And, and it and it is not a good thing to try to suppress information from your kids. You you need to try to find a responsible way to talk to your kids about it. But we get so uncomfortable in this world with sex and, and we get. And it's funny because it's it's putting your face everywhere and we're steady trying to suppress it from everything. But it's everywhere and it's subliminal. It's it's in your face. It's everywhere right. that you can't suppress it. So you need to talk about it. You need to talk about it. And in places in the U.S., I mean, and they might not be as young as 11, but there's a lot of places where it's still too young where they're doing this type of thing and on cheerleading squads, on on pep squads and things like this. It it's happening with with with, with girls that we're we're uncomfortable with being that young doing it. So even even though they're older than eleven. So so it's a thing that we need to get under control. But you know, I I think we do too much in this in this country of blaming the art, blaming the symptom. And not and not getting to the and not getting to the root cause of it, you know. We we love our over the counter cold medicines, right? But we won't drink a cup of lemon water, you know, in the mornings every morning because that'll help stop a lot of this. We won't eat healthy because that'll help stop a lot of this. So we still gonna go to McDonald's and complain that we sick. I mean, and and that's that's just what we do here. We'll see. All right, next up. Uh, Charlemagne the God announced the Black Effect Podcast Network. 
which is a new 50-50 partnership he has with iHeartRadio. It's going to contain The Breakfast Club, which has 4.5 million weekly listeners, along with a whole list of other personalities that either already have podcasts or are going to be starting their podcast. So the list includes comedian actress Jess Hilarious, social justice activist Tamika Mallory, and attorney and TV host Ebony K. Williams. Some of the podcast shows that they're working on right now to bring into the network include All the Smoke, which I believe is Matt Barnes and... I can't remember his name. Steven is his first name. I can't remember the last name of that brother, but they're two. Uh, the, the podcast they have together about basketball, Drink Champs, and the 85 South Show um, to the network is, as well. In a statement, Charlemagne the God said, Blackness has an immediate culture-shifting effect on everything. Blackness controls the cool. Blackness is the culture. But Black voices are not monolithic. The only way to appreciate the diversity of thought and experiences in Black culture is to build a platform for those voices to be heard. So I thought this was a, a really nice uh, feel-good story because I feel like Charlemagne has put something in place that's going to allow more Black voices to be heard and have a spotlight shine onto them. And hopefully, you know, put some money in these uh, people's pockets and help them to reach, you know, higher levels and higher platforms. Wait, wait, wait. Did you, that was our, was our podcast on there? I was, I was waiting to hear our, <laughs> our name on there. I didn't hear it. Hey, uh, afraid not, bro. Afraid we're going to have to get a few more listeners before, you know, we get into the rotation of those type of lists. Oh, they going <laughs> down then. They going down. I mean, they they done for then. Okay, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I think it's a great it's a great thing. <laughs> I think I think it's great that it's able to 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 do that. And I mean, you know, I mean that's the way of the world. Conglomerates trying to build a, you know, trying to build a brand and, and bring other people under that umbrella. So I mean, good for them. Good for them. I'm glad. I'm glad they're able to. Mm-hmm. To, to make that happen, you know, uh, I, I just think I just think that they would have been better off by coming to get us. But dang, it sounds like did they call one of y'all? Did they call y'all? One of y'all turn turn it down? They ain't ready for us yet, bro. I got a couple missed calls here. Did they? They got my number. <laughs> If one of them is Charlemagne, be sure to let me know. <laughs> right, I gotta make some call backs then. Part of the reason that I felt like this was interesting was because of the dialogue that Joe Budden and Charlemagne the God have been having uh, back and forth. So I think it was last week, right, where we talked about Joe Budden and his thoughts on ownership and feeling like he was having a conversation with these platform owners that Charlemagne the God could not really understand. And even though I want to be clear, Charlemagne was working on this podcast network before a lot of this drama with him and Joe Budden started. It does seem like this announcement, this release happened to kind of combat that narrative. Mm. And then recently as well, some very negative stories have come out about Joe Budden. Uh, One claiming that uh, he's involved in bestiality because what? of the way he treats his dogs. Yeah, so there's a clip okay. uh, that came from his. Yeah, yeah, there's a clip that came from uh, his podcast show 
where he talks about, you know, you have to uh, sometimes people own dolls. They have to keep their dolls from breeding because uh, dog breeding can be very expensive. And so that sometimes he has, you know, jerk off his dog in order to ensure this doesn't happen. And so it was said in a very joking manner, <laughs> but people basically, you know, took that clip and then ran away with it and said, like, Joe was abusing his dog and having sexual relations with his dogs. And then they also made claims that um, that he is a domestic abuser and that he beats women. And this came from um, the mother of his child when they were going through really, really ugly legal battles. She was releasing stories about him and saying things about him that she has since denied and said that, hey, this stuff actually didn't happen. It was an ugly time for both of us. And, you know, but this didn't have any basic reality. He's also had a couple of ex-girlfriends, you know, come out with similar stories that he's basically vehemently denied and said, no, I do not. I, I, I have never you know touched women in that way or treated women in, in, in that way. And so it's become basically a whole slander campaign that is happening to him right after he is declaring independence from Spotify, which, of course, caused a bunch of people to come online and feel like Spotify is the ones who are fueling this and trying to chair uh, Joe Budden down, things of that nature. Well, he came out into his podcast and refuted that. He said, first and foremost, Spotify is all the way on the rise. They have Joe Rogan. They don't care about, I've been honest about my relationship with Spotify for the entire two years that I've been on this platform. What, you know, this, what I'm, the way I'm talking about them is not new. Spotify is not upset with me. I'm not upset with them. I'm just leaving. You know, there's not, there's not a beef here. And he made it clear. He feels like this whole slander campaign is actually iHeartRadio. Because he came out publicly and said, iHeartRadio never took care of Charlemagne, that they never properly paid him for the way he has basically been an entire anchor for them for 10 years. And that now for Charlemagne to finally get the payday that he really deserves, from Joe Budden's perspective, he's making eight or nine other black people and black podcasts employees of iHeartRadio. And now they're finally going to throw a little bit of money his way, but not really giving him the, 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 the respect that he's due. And also basically because he, you know, shined a light on Charlemagne and said like, yo, this dude isn't really fighting for black ownership. He's just creating a bunch more black employees. So from Joe Budden's perspective, this entire slander campaign and everything that's happening, he believes in Charlemagne the God and iHeartRadio. And he also believes that because he said, some of these interviews that have come out with old girlfriends um, claiming that he domestically abused them, he knew the interviews were going to happen before they actually happened. And the people who came to him and told him that the interviews were going to happen are all connected with Charlemagne. Like none of them directly said, yeah, Charlemagne's the one that's doing this to you. But he feels like they all know this information because they have a relationship with Charlemagne the God. So he, again, he's basically saying our heart radio and Charlemagne are... Uh, are basically doing this slander campaign against them to throw him under the bus to stop his campaign to create more black ownership and somehow make Charlemagne's campaign to create more black employees who are working on behalf of our radio look better. And I don't know, I, to me, 
listening to his words, looking at the situation, I'll be honest, <laughs> I think there's a lot of credibility to what he's saying, and I think it's incredibly ugly. Incredibly ugly. So I don't know how much you all, either one of you have been following this, but I figured you bring it up. <laughs> I see <laughs> your face, Jason. You got thoughts? I, that sounds like too fucking much. God damn, mind your fucking business. If you're going to go do what you're going to do, why not do your damn shit? Charlemagne, shut the fuck up and go and create black... I, I don't understand. How is this a How is this a thing? Why is this a thing? He do what the fuck he want to do. You do what the fuck you want to do. What, fuck, so what difference actually, do it make? Either you own some shit or you putting people on. One or the other. If everybody making money, who gives a shit? So actually, let me clarify. Uh, now, they haven't said this directly. But my thinking is the real core reason of the beef is Charlemagne wanted Joe Budden to be a part of this network. Mm -hmm. Charlemagne basically wanted Joe Budden to be up under him and help Charlemagne get more money. And Joe Budden was like, no, I'm not trying to be an employee. I'm trying to create ownership. And I don't think Charlemagne is letting it go. So now all I'm acting like little ass girls and shit and talking to she said, he said shit. And God damn, ain't these niggas grown? Ain't these grown ass man? If y'all, if you, if you ask her, cause your boy Joe Budden didn't want to be on your shit, you need to fuck around, go get over yourself, and deal with the fuck you gonna deal with then. If you opening mm-hmm. up all this black shit and you bringing all these people on and whatnot, and you putting money in black folks' pockets and shit, do your thing. If Joe Budden ain't stopping you from doing that, then why the fuck are you worried about it? If Joe Budden is sitting back and he waiting for his shit to be owned and he want to make his money and he want to do his shit the way he want to do, then let Joe Budden do what the fuck he want to do. We because all grown-ass men and women. Jason, it's a pyramid scheme, and you need to be a part of the pyramid. Look, I bring you on. Oh. Then you need to bring two people on, and so forth and so on. <laughs> and once you bring two people on and they make money, that's how you make more money. In turn, that helps me make more money. So, dude, I take it personal if you don't want to be a part of my pyramid scheme, you know. So, so you need to get on board. <laughs> and you don't want to make money. <laughs> you need to buy these Mary Kay products and start pushing them, and, and and do your thing and get two more people to push these products, and let's get this money, okay? That's what. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, it, that's exactly what it is. In all seriousness, though, I feel you, Jason. Why are they? Why are they pocket watching each other? I don't know who fires the first shot, but to me, it's sort of like that offset. It's sort of like that offset. Um, Cardi B, where yeah, we they're at? Trying to find a way to make. Are they? Are they doing something that's? You know, I mean, it's just something more for them to talk about, and it's something more uh, bent yeah. for them. It might be unintentional. But at this point, I mean, this is something that how can each other not talk about it? It's gonna make them. It's gonna make them money and 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 lock their listeners in to see the weekly soap opera of what's going on between these two these two black giants of of podcasting, right? So so yeah, why not at this point? So what turned into probably pocket watching is now turned into a way where they both can make money off of it. But you know, not everyone's cut out to be the CEO. Not everyone's cut out to be, and maybe Charlemagne just ain't cut out to be the CEO like that. And maybe, maybe, uh, 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 man, why am I, why we're just talking about, why am I forget Joe Button? Maybe he is. So, I mean, like you said, Jason, why are they pocket watching? Do your thing. You good at this? Go do it. 
Well, it's just like Sabori said too, in there too. Like it's, well, it's just like you say. I, I think, like you say, I think it's just a, it's it's just another money making scheme in the grand scheme of things. Because I just find it very coincidental, just like Samori said that he's starting up this black podcasting thing. Now you say he's been working on it for years, but why she didn't the shit get started up? This seems very coincidental to me. Like in the grand scheme, like whatever this is that's between them two is help project. Charlemagne the God to do what it is he wants to do. I, I, think, I think it, it has it, helped him immensely. Absolutely. I, I think it's definitely uh given him a push, you know, but I, I think I think part of what has Joe Budden so angry and incensed is that Charlemagne isn't just presenting this as giving black people opportunities. Charlemagne is presenting this as an example of black ownership. He's basically saying, hey, there's a 50-50 split. We are 50-50 owners, you know? So we are we are splitting this pie right down the middle. And Joe Budden's whole point was, he was like, look at the agreement that is presented. There is nothing about Charlemagne being on the executive board. There is nothing about Charlemagne or any of these podcasters actually having a piece of the ad revenue. There is nothing about Charlemagne or any of these other podcasters actually having a part of the revenue streams that they are going to gain from these podcasts. So you're presenting this as ownership and saying it's all 50-50, but how can it be 50-50 when you're not putting your own money up in order to create equity in this situation? So it's basically like it's not real and you're, you're, you're lying to the people, you're fooling the people. So that you can build yourself up as doing something that you're not actually doing while at the same time trying to tear me down for actually doing that. Look at Joe. Let Charlemagne <laughs> and the motherfuckers that he got deal with that shit. If, if I sign up with Charlemagne the <laughs> God and this motherfucker tell me 50-50, but I work for somebody else, then his name ain't on my check. I think that's pretty fucking easy to figure out. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he's dealing with adults at the end of the day. Listen. <laughs> And motherfuckers is going to jump on the shit and whatnot because they're going to be famous. It's just like anybody who wanted to fuck around and get a record deal and shit when they dancing their ass on the stage and somebody comes and they offer them the first fucking deal, they usually get fucked at the end of the day. They never make money and whatnot off them first record contracts. But that's their way in. That's that's their foot in the mm-hmm. fucking door. So that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. Everybody can't jump out here and own their own fucking podcast. Ain't nobody about to build a fucking infrastructure off top. Ain't nobody got no money for that shit. Motherfuckers got to fuck around mm-hmm. and get in how they fit in, just like you did. We didn't know who the mm-hmm. fuck Joe Budden was. We didn't know him before. We didn't know. We knew that nigga was a rapper. We didn't know you was a Mr. Podcaster. <laughs> you jumped on and you became a podcast. Now, all of a sudden, this shit, you the fucking business. Okay, great. Your ass came from some shit. You was an employee once, too. So let them motherfuckers be employees and then let them build on what the fuck they want to build. We know what you're mm-hmm. doing. You doing what you're doing. Go fucking do it. Don't worry about what these other motherfuckers are doing. If they getting lied to and they dumb enough to believe the shit that's being told to them, then that's their fucking fault. Plain and simple. You, if you, if the motherfucker that you, if you don't sign your name on your check, then you not the boss. We we get that. If it's some motherfucker with a name you ain't never heard of on your goddamn check, that means you an employee. But I think that's pretty simple to understand. At the end of the day. <laughs> I don't. There's there's no lie that you can really tell me. I'm I'm a fifty fifty partner in my own, blah, blah, blah. but you don't deal with no books. You don't deal with no money. You don't deal with nothing else. 
I think that's pretty easy to fucking figure out. Well, I mean, well, I mean, that's that's no different than what they sell you on a pyramid scheme. I mean, it's no different than that. It's points on the package, really. They tell you, I mean, they they tell you on a pyramid scheme that hey, you got a chance to be your own boss, and and you're basically running your own business. I mean, that's that's what they tell you. So it, it's not like that's the same thing that Charlemagne was telling them, pretty much. You know, it's it's like you're running your own business. It's like even though your name's not on the business, but it, you know, it's like you're running your own business, even though you didn't, you know, you're not really fronting your own product there. But it's like you run the business. Like Jason said, you ain't got no books. You don't you don't know what all really they even took in. But it's like you running your business. You know, I mean I mean, all of that is the same thing they tell you when they want you to come and join their team. So that they can make money off of you. So they I mean, make it, money. it absolutely is that, and and you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, would do I agree with either? Uh, it's not for me to say. I I haven't looked at what you know. Obviously, like Samori said, we ain't got no calls from either of them, so I don't know what either one to offer. Mm. You know, which I think is a huge <laughs> mistake on their part. You know, and I, I think they losing out. But hey, that's just me. I'm gonna look at those missed calls I get and see if one of them is shot. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I don't know what exactly they're offering. I'm sure I'm sure both are lucrative. You know, if you got a mind to be your own boss, great. Mm-hmm. But yes, you know, every, everybody's not cut out for that. And that's good. I mean, for everyone can't be their it own be. boss. It's even if everyone had an aptitude for it, we are not we are not in a society where we all trade goods for services. We are not in that society anymore. So, you know, I mean, what what are you going to (laughs) do? To be clear, to be clear, uh, uh, Joe Budden is not advocating that everybody has to be uh, an owner. And he is emphatic that what Charlemagne the God is doing is great. Again, we got a whole bunch of black people out here who need checks. Uh, we got a whole bunch of black people out here who are not getting enough exposure, who are not given a, a big enough platform to showcase their talents. So he's not trying to say that what Charlemagne, the God is doing, is a bad thing. He's saying, don't try to conflate it with what I'm doing. This is not ownership. You're creating employees <laughs> and trying to stop me from pushing more black ownership. Don't do that. Stay in your lane. Do what you do. Be happy about what you do. Don't try to trash what I'm over here trying if to do. If you pushing your shit, then you shouldn't worry about what other motherfuckers saying about your shit. You have to, though, you when don't. they're publicly slandering. Yes, you, you don't. Do. He's, being, he's being publicly slandered. He's being accused he has of being audience. abusing women. He has his audience. He has it doesn't work he like that. He built up his audience. And we, had a whole, we had a whole episode about cancel culture. We understand what these stories do to you and do to your oh brand and do to, the, to your ability to sell your product. So, have you no, seen Love stories, and Hip Hop? Ignore them. <laughs> have you seen him on Love and Hip Hop? He's been horrible no, forever. Okay? <laughs> Joe Bud is Joe fucking Bud. If you don't know Joe Bud by now, they fucking you did something wrong. Okay? He put his shit out there on TV a long fucking time ago. He is what he is. And he is what he is and one out of the fucking podcast. And I hate to tell you this, and I hope this don't fuck us up one day. I think Joe Bud is one of the weirdest motherfuckers I've never seen in my life. Quite honestly. He's a weird he's dude. He's absolutely a weird dog. He just, all that blinking and shit he do, I think he's semi-crazy, quite honestly. But he turned, he turned that shit into money. 
and God bless him for doing it. And I appreciate you fucking around and doing your thing and trying to push black business ownership. That's great. Don't worry about what Charlemagne the fucking God is doing. Go about your own goddamn business and your business. And, and if the rumor of bestiality ain't ain't slowed him down, I mean, I don't think much I'm will. <laughs> I mean, we, we know in this society how people feel about their animals and their pets. So if that ain't stopped him, I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> that nigga Joe Budden had four girlfriends on Love and Hip Hop. Come on now. Music <laughs> <laughs> girlfriends. Fuck, man. Who cares? These niggas is rappers. They all got bad fucking reps. They rappers. You supposed to have a bad rep. That's your whole platform. But I ain't never heard of no squeaky clean rap except for Will Smith and fucking. I can't even think of another one right now. He's a retired rapper. Oh, what the fuck? Retired rappers are not still supposed to be bad. His entire life and and his his entire makeup, his whole thing is hip hop. And hip hop is that's what it is, dog. Use a hardcore motherfucking shit that don't play no bullshit that can throw some rhymes down from time to time. Probably the sold some drugs and shit at one point in time in your life. That's just what the brand is, dog. Once you hip hop, you always hip hop. Plain and simple. I mean, there's some some rappers that I'd love to see have a podcast because I'd be interested in watching what what that. I mean, I think like Juvenile, it'd be very interesting to see him with a podcast and see what he got to (laughs) say about about things. You get Juvenile up in there. Juvenile's trying to be an engineer now. See? See? Already interested. Juvenile's trying to be an engineer now. Oh, wow. Already interested. There's videos of him like putting together i forgot what it was like you know where you got all the tubes going and you have to create different mechanisms so that the ball will go in a certain place yeah he's trying to he's trying to become a wait, whole, wait 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 is he trying to become an engineer off of, off of some kids set that i would get my five-year-old is this what he tried to do no, 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 no. It's like something he constructed himself, it seems like. Like, I'll send you the video, but it's crazy. It, it, it's absolutely hilarious to watch, bro. Hey, man. He's all, Whatever you he's doing all, to better yourself, brother, handle your business. But he going to always be juvenile. Yeah. Juvenile the engineer. Okay? I don't give a fuck. Back that ass up is going to come on anytime he walk into his building he go to work at. Engineer not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. We need a podcast from him. I want, I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Moving on to the next topic, uh, I wanted to mention briefly the CDC came out today to push back a little bit oh, on uh, Trump's claims that the vaccine for COVID nineteen will be available before the election. They confirm what everybody on the planet already knew, that that is not the case. They said that the vaccine should be ready for widespread distribution by next summer. And the reason for that is even though they believe the vaccine itself will be ready probably close to the beginning of next year, they're going to distribute it first to the people who are at the highest risk of getting COVID. And then as supplies and you know, distribution lines increase, they'll start spreading it to the general population. Uh, Right. So they said, I think it was like June, July next year, they believe the vaccine will be available for everyone. And so hopefully by fall of next year, we'll finally be clear of COVID. But until then, 
I think everyone should expect that this situation will continue. Look here. I'm tired of Trump. I'm tired of the CDC. I'm tired of the Fauci. I'm tired of all these motherfuckers telling me shit. I'm so sick of these motherfucking people. Don't nobody know shit. Don't nobody know nothing. Because the CDC agreed with Trump at first. Now, now they backstepping. They've been doing this shit for the last eight months. It's been Fauci saying one fucking thing, and then he agree with fucking Trump. Then he said another goddamn. This, all y'all shut the fuck up. This is it. This fucking do what you gonna do. Leave leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing the news. I'm tired. I'm tired of CNN telling me everybody dead. I'm tired of Fox News saying ain't nobody dying. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired of this shit, dog. On the real. I just so, I, so I, I keep my mask on. Leave me the fuck alone. What day is the election? What what's the date of it? Is it November third? November thirteenth. November thirteenth. Yeah, November third, November thirteenth, something like that. So so on the second, after after multiple reports come out that the CDC saying that we're not gonna have this vaccine, when Trump come up there with his happy ass and say that we got a vaccine the day before the election, and he try to get reelected, you know, this all <laughs> sounds like a point. <laughs> This all sound like a ploy to me. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This, this sounds like I think they're going to push whatever they got, incomplete or not, out to the public and say they got a treatment. I think that's what they're going to say. But, you know, it, it absolutely the words is what's what you really need to pay attention to. Are they going to say they got treatment? Are they going to say they have a vaccine? What are they going to say they actually have? That's going to be the wording really kind of pay attention to. But uh, it's all sound like a ploy to me. To the, what happened to the what, what's the shit chloroquine? What happened to that all shit? That, that <laughs> shit was curing people a second ago. You had fourteen mm-hmm. fucking doctors standing out in front of the goddamn government saying they was curing shit. So what the fuck happened to that? I ain't heard nothing since about that shit. That was about a month ago. <laughs> you you had a witch doctor saying she had been curing the shit. You had another crazy bitch down in Texas saying she had been curing the shit. What we need the vaccine for? You got the cure, remember? Fucking Trump fucking pumped them up. Yeah, they got the cure down there. We good. So what we need a vaccine for? They got the cure. So what, the, what are we talking about? Why Why are we? Oh, oh my God. I'm so tired of this shit. I've been ignore, ignoring any chemical names that they give. There have been so many, like, Russia's got a cure. Africa's got a cure. Drink bleach and it'll cure you. Like, I just... I just ignore all of it at this point. When there's an official cure that they start distributing, then I'll pay attention and be like, okay, what is the deal? Where did this come from? And frankly, the real question is going to be, again, is anybody actually going to take it? Even when they offer the vaccine, is anybody actually going to take it? Because if they don't take it, then it doesn't matter that it exists. You know, you still going to have people dying left and right. Simply because they refuse to, and that's and to me, the people who don't want to take it, it, it that does not fall upon political lines. It's not about whether you're liberal or conservative. Whole bunch of liberals who believe that COVID is a real thing plan to vote for Biden, and yet still, one, they don't trust Trump's vaccine, and two, a lot of people just don't believe in taking taking these kind of things from the government period. They always feel like the government is taking an opportunity to use you as a guinea pig. 
I I think it's going to be it's going to be very very difficult for them to have the widespread distribution of this vaccine that they really want to have. But see, the thing is, what what a lot of you know, and I just saw it again on my page the other day. Again, what a lot of people claim about him is is that he gets he gets shit done, right? And that's and that's what they keep saying about him. So even if they don't take the vaccine. And even if they're not a, a believer in the vaccine, they're still going to make the claim, hey, there's, there he is again getting shit done. And so so even for some of those who don't believe in taking it, they're going to look at it as another example of how this, this great man is getting things done in this country and, and we just need to keep him on. So, so Elmo, it, it, for, for his supporters, it's not going to matter whether they take the vaccine or not. It doesn't matter to them if they think this thing is real or not. They're just going to say, yep, there he is. That's my president. You know, that's just what it's going to be. Again. <laughs> hey, keep it moving. Yeah, pretty much. Sucks. Told you. I'm getting my bed and my cooler. I'm sitting out in front of hospitals. <laughs> I'm confirming. You going in to get your Trump shot today? Okay, I'll be out here. <laughs> Recording that shit. That's going to be uh, hilarious today. Last subject of the day. Uh, as always, brothers, we end with the Bears, except this particular time, we actually had the NFL kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't get to actually watch any football this weekend, but I did, of course, read that the Bears won and that Trubisky, who should not have started, uh, was able to eke out a single win, which... You know, on the one hand, I'm happy that the Bears were able to get a win. But on the other hand, this allows these people to continue to believe in Trubisky and continue to allow him to lead his our team, even though he's made it clear he has very few leadership qualities. But you all actually watched the game. How did you all feel about it? Um, are you excited for week two and feel like we'll be able to come out with another win then? I feel like it was the same old Trubisky, quite honestly. I haven't seen anything new. Uh, I haven't seen anything that I haven't seen before. He he has his moments where he's good, and he has his moments where he's quite terrible. And you still dis- you still disagree with me when I say they should sit him? I don't understand because Y'all at least I'm that used because I know this already. I know this information. Now you're going to throw Nick Foles in and suddenly things are going to be better? Better than Trubisky? How? Nick Foles is a Super Bowl champion. Oh, my God. He's a backup. He's a That's backup. A Super, Bowl okay? Super Bowl champion. You can't, All right. you can't go get a backup a and tell Bowl him and whatnot champion. he's going to be the starter, okay? He's not a taking us to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl champion is better than Trubisky as a starter. God How? How is that? Okay, right. so you throw him in for three games. The boy played two regular season games, two playoff games, and won a Super Bowl. That makes him all world. He won a Super Bowl. Oh He's God. been where we're trying to get to. Oh He's God. got that championship so I, mindset. So I tell you what, throw him in, throw him in week fifteen, and we'll talk. Because <laughs> oh it's not going to work out the way you want it to. He's not going to get us to the promised land. It's not going to happen. He didn't get the Jaguars to the promised land. He didn't even get Philadelphia to the promised land. Carson Wentz did. You don't know that about him, but you know that about Trubisky. 
You know that about Trubisky. I've only watched okay? Trubisky for four years. I've watched, I've watched, I've watched this motherfucking car. I've watched it. Damn, what the, I just had the boy think. I just had the boy. I, I've watched him for the last six, seven years float between three different teams. And it's only been to a Super Bowl Bro. after playing five games. Bro, it doesn't matter how you get to the Super Bowl. It does. Got to the it Bowl. most certainly no, it matters. It, it most He's certainly does matter. If he, I had one he, quarterback for 14 weeks who was constantly winning, got hurt, and it was replaced right. by his backup who continued right. the success, he just Some rolled people, with the team that one dude built. I'm supposed to lay all my chips on the dude who was sitting on the bench for 14 weeks. Some people just win. Some people just figure out a way to win. And the fact of the matter is he was thrown into a really bad situation and came out of it with a super Who was thrown into a bad situation? Nick Foles? Nick Foles was thrown into a bad situation? A, a, A number one offense and team? He was thrown into a bad situation and won a Super Bowl? Who didn't trust him? Who didn't know him? Who who didn't feel what? like he didn't have any reason to have confidence in him? He was on the team. He was on the team, but and he was not better than the starter. That's why he was the backup. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you sit on the bench because you're not better than dude that's out there on the field. The not only reason you Carson on the field Wentz. is because dude who was better, <laughs> he hurt. He broke his damn neck or his back or some shit like that, so you ain't got no choice but to play because the dude who's behind you sucks more than you do. Wentz was <laughs> down there in the wheelchair. <laughs> I think. Shit. He was out there playing hurt. The only reason he came out is because he couldn't use his foot no more. Y'all got to remember got when people come off the bench. thrown into a bad situation? When people yes. come off the bench like that, it, it, there's no, there, there's not hardly any tape on them. There's nothing that the other team really does to prepare for. Them nothing because it, it's there's nothing, nothing there. They got a few. They hope, and by the Super Bowl, you got a few games. But you know, it's like you you hardly got anything to really judge. And by, this cat and by the time so you good. in the playoffs, you playing totally different. You got yep. a whole other playbook when you get in the playoffs. Yep. And they hadn't seen they hadn't seen Nick Foles in three years. Why? Because first he was on the Rams for two years, and you didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Then he came back and was yep. with Philly for a whole year before he saw the field again the next year when Carson Wentz got hurt. Uh-huh. But he fell into a bad situation with some of the yes. best receivers, running backs, one yes. of the best offensive lines. It was a bad situation. Somehow he got them to the play. They was already in the playoffs when Carson Wentz got hurt. They had already won enough games. They won the division when Carson got hurt. Where's the bad situation at? Bruh, they didn't have all year to develop chemistry together. They didn't have all year to develop trust in his quarterback. And his quarterback and abilities. Chemistry. The fact that a man, uh, yes. How much chemistry, chemistry you need to throw to an open yeah. wide receiver or hand apparently the ball off? We haven't been able to do it since I was born. So apparently you need a whole lot. Apparently this stuff matters. And the fact of the matter is he is already proven. He knows how to go to the promised land and win. Something we haven't done. 
Something yeah. I haven't seen the Bears He do. knows how to get All a good right. agent who puts him on a team that takes them to the promised land. <laughs> okay? Wait, That's wait, what first he did. We he got, got him right back on the Eagle up. squad we, that was Super Bowl ready. If Philadelphia knew how to get to the promised land and win. Let's make that clear, <laughs> okay? And and they only got to the promised land because of a double doink, if I remember correct, because we were about to knock them out of that promised land, weren't we? If I remember correct, a double doink. That, <laughs> let them well, that wasn't there. the year they went to the Super Bowl. I always thought that was the that year, wasn't the though. year. That was the, that was the year before. The, the that second year wasn't that when they played the Bears. They didn't go to the Super Bowl because they lost to New Orleans that next week. That was ah, the year okay. before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, okay. And Nick okay. Foles still didn't even start that year. Carson yeah. Wentz came back and got hurt again. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he played. I remember that. I remember that. Yep. Brothers, there are some people who are built to excel in the big game, who are built to take advantage of the opportunities that they are given. And you need people one like time, that. Dude. Once. Let. I can understand he had five or six rings. I, I let y'all repeatedly speak. Can I speak just briefly? Just briefly, brother. All right? You need people on your team who are capable of taking advantage of those type of opportunities. He on the and team. he has already proven, and he has already proven that he's one of those guys. Trubisky has already proven he's not. In the playoffs, he don't show up. He don't show up in the regular season either. But in the playoffs, absolutely. Uh, if I remember right, he led us down the field and put us in field goal range in that playoff why game. Do we, why do we, we lost that? because we, we had that? a fuck-ass kicker. No, 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 no. no. And no, if you no, want to say why no. he had to do it is because the defense gave up See, the score on the game. What you what you just said is the whole problem, all right? Because I can guarantee you these people run the Bears and think of the exact same way you did. The end result is not the only thing that matters. All the things that led up to this end result also come into play. So, Why didn't he score more touchdowns before we got to that point so that that kick wouldn't be necessary? Why didn't he score Why? more? Not because, the team. Yes. Why didn't he sure. score more touchdowns? Because yes. it, it was his fault we lost that game. It wasn't. Did he not put us in a position to win? Whether whether we lost it or not, whether how many touchdowns did he not put us in a position to win the game? Because sure, why mean, did why did we have all those other touchdowns in the beginning? Because it was bro. it wasn't a zero score. We didn't lose by zero. We bro. lost by three points. You cannot spend three and a half quarters fucking everything up. And then marches downfield with an opportunity to win. Marching us downfield with an opportunity to win right at the end, and then it doesn't happen. And then everybody says, "Oh well, it's obviously the kicker's fault that we lost." Like, no, it was. This anemic, <laughs> no, it was not. It was our anemic offense. We shouldn't have needed a kick at the last minute in order to win. If that's the we case, should- then you have to say then you have an anemic defense that allowed them to have to score all them points. That's the point Absolutely. of having defense is to stop the other team from scoring. That's the whole this point of defense. So at what this point in time was it the defense? When did the defense become anemic? Why was it just Trubisky's fault we when lost that game? they let go of Adrian Amos. He played that No. No, he wasn't on the team that year. He yeah, he was. 
He was no. on the team that year they lost to the uh, Eagles. He wasn't. He didn't leave until the next year, Seymour. He was there. Mentally, but they Big Fangio was him. still defensive coordinator. They had everybody on that squad. That was that, was that year that we lost to the Eagles. Didn't nobody leave that team. Amos was out there. And he was getting Amos. scored on by the Eagles just like everybody else had been. But they had already – Amos already knew that they were not going to give him a contract. So mentally he was gone. If they had you know given, what, if they had stop given it. him – Stop it. Stop it right now. Him you stop it right now. The security and knowing that he had a future I ain't talking to you no more. You stop it. He would have put in, put in the full effort <laughs> and it would have turned out differently. Oh but he God. knew he was going to have to leave. So he's like, why am I helping these people get to the Super Bowl if they don't recognize me – for the elite level defense, and, and he that blamed Mr. Trubisky too because he was terrible. I'm not playing on no team with Mr. Trubisky. I won't. Do, I don't look. care how much money you offer me. Is that another reason why they lost too? Look, bro. <laughs> look, man. All right, we've got to look at all the factors that contribute oh, to the end result, God. not the end result itself, bro. Okay, I see, I see you talk to him. I, look, look, the, <laughs> Trubisky has deficiencies. We all admit that, right? Uh, but but the the thing is is that what we have to admit to is that they they haven't been playing to Trubisky's strengths. They keep trying to make him something he's not, right? And and hey, hey, even in huh? Hey, I don't I don't mean to keep interrupting you. Stop calling him Trubinsky. <laughs> does, does he deserve? Does he deserve his name to be called out? Right? Are we going to have that argument right yeah. now? No. Look, You've been calling no. him Trubinsky for about three we weeks now. We shouldn't have to call his name, period. He should not be the starter. Look, Straight up. The thing is about him is that, look, he he's – if we want to talk about Nick Foles, you know, to me he hasn't proven – he may have proved that he could he could win in the promised land. He hasn't proven, proven that he can get a team there. And he certainly yeah. hasn't proven that he can get a team that he just – that he's just learning their system. I don't care how similar they think it is to what Philly or whoever was running. You know, he hasn't proven that he can do it in that system. You know, so so to say that he's better than than somebody who's been there, I'm I'm definitely not ready to say that. But with Trubisky, he'll prove it when the Bears give him that opportunity. And as soon as we give him that opportunity, we will start winning on a regular basis without things coming down to the wire the way they are with Trubisky. With Trubisky, how well, about they got bigger problems? What I like anyway. to see, what I like to see with Trubisky is that they do what they did in 2018, which is play more to his strengths, play more to his running ability. It, it, he doesn't know how to pass in the pocket. That's something that you cannot teach him in a year. You're not going to do it in a couple of training camps. It's not going to happen. You got to work with him over years with that. So, so I'm sorry. That is not something that. So, if they're gonna they're gonna use him, and more than likely after this year, we we might see an end to that whole era. We might see Trubisky gone. We might see the coach gone. We might see the general manager gone. Right. And so, if they, I think all three live or die. Live and die off of this season right here, but you know, at at the end of the day, they're not playing to what he can do. They keep trying to get him to do certain things. He do better on the run. He do better with that threat that he's gonna he's gonna break out for a twenty yard run. Let him do work with work with Tariq Cohen more. That and I loved seeing that last game. 
I love seeing him have more touches, especially in the early going, and get and try to get him going. I still think they did it in the wrong way, but I love to have him see that. We're talking about Tariq Cohen, who didn't show up at all really last year, and I blame coaching for that. Mm-hmm. I blame coaching for that. You mm-hmm. you won twelve games off a of, off a of kind of letting Trubisky just kind of roll out there and have fun, and and then you spent the next year taking the fun away from him. He is a guy that needs to play with having fun. He is a guy that that needs to you you know what I see him thrive in. And Jason, you talked about it was was that last drive in that Philly game, right? Because in those last drives, it's almost like, you know, there's no expectations of him. He could just go and let all that shit go, and he just plays. And when he does that, and when he's having fun, when he's doing it, he's, he, he looks like he's the best, best in the damn game, right? But they don't, let, they don't create that situation where he can do that the whole game. And to me, that's why we see those three quarters of bullshit and we see one quarter of, of actually good quarterbacking. So if we're going to have him play to his strengths, that's all I ask. But if, 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 if the goal is to have Nick Foles, Nick Foles got different strengths. So, I mean, but to me, here's the best of both worlds, gentlemen. Let Trubinsky start the game. Let Nick Foles come off the bench in the second quarter, play the second, third, and half of the fourth quarter, and then bring Trubinsky in to round it off so he can go for that last-minute drive and score the touchdown. And I think you got the best of both worlds, and I think you got a winning system right there. But that's <laughs> just my opinion. There is no best of both worlds. There is no best of both worlds that includes Trubisky. He, they're not playing to his strength because he doesn't have any strengths for them to play to, into. There have been other times, yes, he looked good in that last drive. There have been other times where they had allowed him to free wheel and deal, and he fucked it up promptly. Promptly. The man does not have football strengths. Tom Brady period. fucked and he up last drive. A starting. Drew Brees is fucked he up should last not drive. Be a starter. So everyone has Stop fucked it. up last drive. Stop it! But he I'm was, not. T- I didn't say last drive. I said he, he's fucking up the whole game. All right, he's, he has messed up entire seasons at this point. Stop it! Drew Brees eight ain't done that eight either. It's not a mess to fuck up of an entire season. Entire seasons. Entire seasons where the the office is clearly anemic because of him and Nagy together messing up entire seasons. Yes, like I said, it, it was a preseason game. Blank that seven. it was. They all just got on the field because there was a lot of deficiencies out there on the whole damn team. Quite honestly, he was just part of the whole thing. Oh, that defense honestly. is killing me. The first, the first that defense is killing. Yeah, me. the defense is. Yeah, I don't know what's up. The front four ain't got nothing coming. No, like it just. I didn't see any pressure on Stafford at all that fucking game. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And and they saying Mac has become more vocal. I I don't see it making much of a difference. Like I say I, I think the defense lost the edge quite honestly since Vic Faggio left. I don't I don't think they had I don't think they're that top five defense everybody think they still are. Yeah. They could be. And that's that's the that's the I mean that's the, the frustrating part. But again, that's the frustrating part on the offensive side of the ball. There's still a lot of weapons on that side. They could they could be they couldn't they couldn't be a top five offense. They can be better than what they are. I mean, that's the frustrating part. I don't know. It's I, I feel like this is probably going to be a rough season. 
but I guess only time will tell. Hey, I like cliffhangers. That shit. That was a good game. Shit. I like the fact that wasn't that they had to. I like the fact they had the fortitude to stay in the game and come back the way they did. Quite honestly, you you I haven't seen that out of Bears teams and shit. I've seen them down and I see them stay down. Right. Yeah, the, the fact Bears that they right. came back and won that game. I was very impressed. Yeah, we're usually the Especially ones that teams come back team. on and beat, you know. So mm-hmm. to see us have it the other way around is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty Why cool. Why not? And I I really I, yeah. I did not want to start this year off losing to the Lions. That shit was oh, gonna be hella yeah. depressing. That would have hurt. I couldn't have dealt with that shit. <laughs> but, um, not, not the Lions. If it was the Packers or something, fine. Not right. not the Lions. Please don't do this. And that's that all they talked about, though. That's all the announcers talked about the whole time, too. The Bears ain't lost to the, to the Lions in four games. They on a four-game right. win streak. Like, won't y'all shut the fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> right, stop saying that. Y'all fucking Close up. your damn mouths. Oh, man. <laughs> Close your damn mouths. Don't, don't say nothing else about the four-game win streak about the Lions because they hear that shit on the field and they trying to win. Right. Stop that shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this uh this year should be interesting. It should be very interesting. All right. I think uh that's been enough for one day. I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SJH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Once again, if you are a black business owner and would like to get featured as our business of the week, please make sure to send an email to info at sjhmancave.com. Any of our listeners can get a hold of us there as well. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We are also on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off. Oops. Oh, yeah.